Good morning, Mr. Crosby. Oh, man. Horrible time. I'm going to sneeze. Uh, <laughs> you, we, we've been sitting here bullshitting for 15 minutes. You saved that till now? Uh-oh. Isn't it weird when you say you're going to sneeze and then you don't have to anymore? Oh, it pisses me oh. off. That's the worst feeling. I had well, a tickle in my nostrils. But hey, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, everybody. Dude, when I... You ever have that where you start to sniff just a little... And then it, it's, the sneeze is coming, and it gets so far in there, and you're like, all right, it's coming it's now, baby. It's going to be badass. <laughs> well, it feels so good when it releases, but then it, but then all of a sudden, just whoop, flatline, Ugh. nothing. That's the worst feeling, man. I hate yeah, it. I don't know. You, yeah. you, you never have that? Like where no, you, I, I, yeah, I feel, yeah. Yeah, no, it just sucks, man. That's <laughs> the worst. That's the worst. Good morning. Hey, what's up? I don't know, man. It's another Saturday morning, just chilling with my man here, Kyle Crosby. Just, you know, all kinds of shit is up. Yeah? Yeah, all kinds of shit is up. Um, first off, if I sound a little tired today, that's because uh been cranking at the old landscaping job here for a little while, and it's the first couple of weeks, man, it whips my ass bad. Yeah, you got to get back into it, right? Yeah. Well, just... You know, I go to the gym and stuff, but it's just a whole different, uh, it's like a whole different set of functions and, and it's brain function. We talked about yeah. that a little bit. It's just like 8.30 at night, 9 o'clock at night, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> Do you still go to the gym like now in high season for you? Generally not. Um, I'm hoping to do some light gym stuff on the weekends maybe. I, I just, to work all day and then go to the gym and I can't do it. Connor does it all the time. Yeah. He's he's a fucking animal. He's like a little, I don't know, Jason Momoa or some <laughs> shit like that. He's like, he's goes to work all day long for ten hours hauling rock and shit, and he's like, oh, I'm going to the gym. It's like you're fucking crazy, man. But okay. he's also twenty two. So that's the joy of being twenty two, right? Exactly. He got it. He got it. What it takes to keep going after all that work all day long. I just, I think that. There's at what point do we start? I mean, there's got to be some recovery. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, look, I don't lift weights. I I don't know, (laughs) but I feel like the recovery aspect is pretty big. Yeah. I think that's always been one of my big issues in in my life is I don't get never did never really give my time myself time to recover from like hard work or lifting weights or anything. I was just like, I'll be fine. It'll be great. And I was healed really fast, but I'm not 22 anymore. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but I just barely did. <laughs> and when you're not 22 anymore, shit doesn't work the same. And I'm not, I'm not old. I mean, I mean, shit works the same, but shit don't work the same. It's, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm an old man, but I do notice that just like recovering from injuries or even like, I remember when, do you remember when you were a kid? Like you get a scrape or something, and you'd be all like road rashed up, and then two days later it's gone. Yeah, just, just, just quick to <laughs> quick to heal. Yeah, it's like that um, Star Trek or shit. They waved the little wand over, <laughs> and the fucker would disappear in front of your eyes. That's what it was always like. That's what it felt like. And now it's like, fuck, man, I got that thing on my hand from two <laughs> weeks ago. Yet, is that ever gonna heal? I don't know. Trying to think about it too much, but <laughs> it's a real thing, man. It's a real thing. What's new with you? What's going on? I don't know. It 
I was just telling you, it feels like it's been a long time since we've recorded, <sighs> but it's been a week. So yeah, it hasn't been a long time. <laughs> no, same. It's same. just been busy. I, everything's ramping up, I guess, for you at work and for me at work. It's mm-hmm. just busy, busy, busy. Hard to sit down and just breathe for a second. So what's what's new with the club these days? I mean, anything? Oh, I'm uh, gonna fucking sneeze at some point. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. I don't know when. All right, I don't know when, but I'm going to. Kyle's over here holding his to- nose like Tony Montana. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you got some big shit going on this summer, or what's going on? Nah, just summer plans for the club. Getting back to a little bit of normalcy. We've been running on these COVID restrictions for coming up on a year. It's like and. I don't know. I think we're all ready to be back to a traditional model, less less classroom-esque and more community-based. It's just getting more outside. Are you guys going to do the club garden this year? I th- think so. I don't know why we wouldn't. That's awesome. Yeah. Got to get going on that soon, bro. I I'm, I agree. Hang on. Here it comes. All right. I'm going to mute. Uh, oh, n- <laughs> Nicely done. I'm sure nobody heard that. All right. Woo. <laughs> Feeling better? Yeah, I'm, I'll fucking flag that just in case. Don't, don't you flag that. You can't believe taking that shit out. I'm going to sneeze at least one more time. I'm a triple sneezer usually. A triple sneezer? Yeah, man. Dang. Ladies must love you. <laughs> <laughs> not once, not twice, but three times. Yeah. yeah you're and it's loud. I'm a loud sneezer too. Isn't it if you try and like hold your breath when you sneeze, you're going to fucking pop the vein in your forehead what? or something? I don't know. Maybe I'm just making this up. Maybe that's an old wives' tale. I, I have never heard if you pop this, pop the vein on your forehead if you if you hold the sneeze. I've never heard that before. Give yourself like a fucking brain, yeah, like an aneurysm. aneurysm. <laughs> I just like um, I I've never I never I don't think I've ever tried to hold a sneeze. Like if I think I think women hold more sneezes than men do. Like they're uh. uh you ever seen is that? It like being polite or something? I think it's being, yeah, I think it's like, you know, because like if you're in a restaurant or something, and it's like, <gasps> <laughs> and it's like, what was that? That's not a sneeze. <laughs> no, it's like, that's when, that's that's like when you have all that pressure and it squeaks out like a balloon when mm. you when you hold the thing and you hold the end of the balloon. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. like that. You're just, you're just barely letting anything out. It's forcing out so they don't blow a blood vessel in their forehead. <laughs> Oh shit! I don't think I've ever tried to do that. Like a hold, held sneeze to me is like, like I jerk my head like I'm sneezing. I just try and be quiet with it and like plug my nose at the same time. Yeah, well, that you what? How do you be? How do you be quiet? <coughs> <laughs> like, that. see, that's the male version of. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh. a good podcast already. It's awesome, this is man. just sound effects. Yeah, we started Connor. out. We started out hot out the gate. Well, the old Shrek always said, better out than in, you know. I think he was referring to a different direction, but yeah. Out is, you mean a, you mean a different function? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But it's still, I I don't think there's better advice than that. I don't, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you hold it in and shit builds up and you're going to have an aneurysm and you don't want an aneurysm of that direction. No. Well, I don't know. <laughs> All right, oh, what's shit. happening at the club? Uh, we're just getting ready for yeah, summer, man. Summer's big for us because we're open all day. Okay. And uh, what what hours are you open? Like seven thirty to five thirty, plus some extended teen nights, typically. So Monday through Friday. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah. seven thirty to five thirty plus extended teen nights. 
So don't you guys do, um, you guys going to try to do like the slip and slide activities and shit? I mean, yep. Yep. I think, uh, we'll get it. So we, we had to forego field trips last year. <clears throat> yeah. And we were really, I'll call it classroom setting, um, here at the club, meaning the kids went to a classroom instead of like a, a giant assembly and then picked their program. So they basically got assigned to teach uh, a staff and they worked with that staff all day, but doing a variety of programs. So you get to pick their own staff. Right. We lost our option, basically. Like that was one of the big draws, <clears throat> excuse me, of the club was kids get to pick their staff and what program they want to do. So if, you know, there's six staff offering six different programs, kids can just pick which one they want to choose. So you get, you have a choice there. And obviously with COVID, we, we had to limit cross-contamination and all these CDC guidelines. And so we were just doing the best we could. But through that, we had to lose the option portion. Mm. So it was a bummer because I, I think that's a big draw to kids, right? You get to do what you want to do kind of thing. Well, yeah, absolutely. You get a, you know, you get to go, you're hanging out at the club and not all the kids probably would choose to go to the club if their parents didn't sign right. them up and go but then when they come, at least they get some freedom and choice and what they get to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're getting back to that model. Things are cooling down. I think. Well, depends on where you look, but I think here we're we're cooling down a little bit and ready to kind of be yeah. back to a semi-normal. So I think our summer is going to be more or less a a loosened COVID restrictions, um, and then the goal by is by fall to be back to a traditional choice model. I and, hope so, man. And that's uh, that's I obviously so. dependent purely on how the state goes and the county goes. It, things can change at a dime's notice, but with current trends here, that's where we're at. Yeah, it's um like Michigan right now is in a they're in a shitstorm with COVID. Yeah, and and like I don't know, Whitmer was talking about shutting something else down again. It's like how I don't know how you'd go about doing that after you open it back up because I think there'd be a full on rev of fucking lucian. Yeah. Um, that should be on a t-shirt, Riva fucking Lucian. Um, but to, uh, uh, they could certainly put you guys back, not in the shutdown, but dial it back again. Right. So I, I, I hope so for your sake and for the kids' sake, just because it's such a fucking awesome program that you guys do here. And I know when I see the kids down at the park doing their outdoor events and stuff, they're always having a great time. Yeah. You know, yeah. And so, so we're, we're able to get out and use awesome, you know. The outdoors, especially now, it's getting nice. So, I don't know. Summer's just a busy time, even away from like this the kids specific activities. And mm-hmm. at each site, for me, it's just uh, our food program transitions to a different federal program. So there's a whole new set of guidelines and a whole new, whole new application and a whole new tracking system and things like that that I have to go through to kind of make that transition. Um, we're knee deep in this mentorship grant, so each club is responsible for mentoring like. 20 to 30 targeted kids so we're just trying to get all that what does that what does that mean mentorship like how explain uh so it's an office of juvenile justice department grant it's a federal grant and uh it's passed through grant dollars basically through bgca so sorry i'm just like snotty and weird this morning sneezy snotty coffee it's allergies bro i was gonna say allergies allergies. uh so anyways each site received this grant we applied for it and they're responsible for basically tracking uh high risk and these are all negative terms and i we'll talk about this next but it's just how i've said it for so long and so i'm I'm still working on changing how i phrase things but basically high risk youth um 
you know, we identify them, regular club attendees, and then it's just a weekly um, tracking form where we kind of make a conscious effort to quote unquote mentor X amount of kids each side is responsible for. Okay. And so it's, it's in addition to everything we do, but then it's maybe Brittany, our site director, sitting down with them for 15 minutes a day, just talking about their day and things like that. Mm-hmm. So something that in an ideal world you would do for 120 kids, but just staffing wise, you have to target it a little bit more. Right. Yeah. And not, not all 120 kids need a daily sit down type thing too. Well, that'd be, uh, you'd have to hire some more fucking staff yeah. if you had to do that. Yeah. And so just, it's, it's all tracking stuff. And so you track behaviors and you track, you know, interventions and then you try and assemble all that data to prove the impact of the club more or less. When you, when you do your tracking and at the end of the year, um, is there some sort of metric that they use or is it just like checking in to see, do you see an improvement or? Yeah, it's all about improvement. Um, so without going into details, there's like 12 categories that you could track on a, on a kid. Okay. Um, academic, academics, like specifically attendance of school specifically, um, perceived, um, so this is a year-long program, a not year just long, a summer-long yeah, program. Correct, okay. correct, correct. That makes more sense. Uh, well, it's it's a nine-month program. Okay. And so it's always messed up how these federal grants come out. It's like you apply for it last year, we get the award, and technically you could start this in January, but they're not going to tell you the award and how many kids you can track and your, you've, what you've been awarded for until February. So you're already a month and a half behind. So really we don't start until March just because we don't get the numbers sure. until March, yeah. but it's only nine months. So by doing nine months, we commit to doing it over the summer as well. Right. So, well, that works. I mean, those kids need help. Yeah. Whether it's in school or not in school, I could see the metrics of tracking, like as far as school goes, it'd be easier during school because it's a, Oh yeah. Right. You got someone else that's like grading papers and there's attendance being checked and, and that's not something that you can really have any control over other than having that 15 minute conversation. But yeah, and, and when I say 15 minute conversation, that's like the easy out way to go about it. Right. Uh, so technically some of like our OJJP kids are um, in league. Okay. Right. And so, um, you know, we're the mentors in that situation, but in the paperwork, it's just that they attended a mentor program. Oh, of ours. okay. Sure. So, you know, we're not necessarily doing the physical tracking on that, but the tracking happens of they attended the, yeah. the program. And then the follow-up, you know, how how's your day maybe after that program or before and after that program. So do you have to fill this paper out paperwork out daily? Uh weekly. Weekly. Yep. And do you individually do that or does nope. someone else do it? So each site is responsible for their own. And then I have to compile all of that, enter it quarterly into a giant database, and then it's all fun. That's where you make the big bucks. Yeah, the big <laughs> bucks. Let's let's rephrase that. But what I was gonna say is when I said at risk youth, um, there's a really awesome change in culture happening, at least internally, of wording at the club. And what we're finding is it's so much, in what I say we, on a national level, Boys and Girls Clubs of America is really transitioning from that um, negative light uh, mm-hmm. of youth, like at-risk youth or, you know, impoverished youth or something like that sure. and really trying to not put labels on kids 
based on what they're going through. So instead it's going to be, you know, young people who feel, and it's more about emotionals and feelings sure. on, you know, kids versus labeling them and stereotyping them. So. I because think- I feel like there's such a negative push, right? Negative, like the sad story sells when you see the, when you see the, the commercial about the dogs and that song's playing in the heart of an angel and that I, I i've never seen that you haven't show. seen that i want to i, I want to see it now though but i also want to hear that angelic voice again yeah, right <laughs> well that sad songs playing and you got all these sad dogs and like for just or even kids like for just a dollar 92 oh, cents yeah a yeah, day, yeah yeah you the, could save these kids it's like. always like that yeah that yeah for 92 cents a day you can save a child in africa yeah, yeah, yeah. i know that one for but sure it's, Just, but it's you know you've seen the dog one though man no? the dog oh, one the dog one's you know heartbreaking fucked up it's like the dog one would fuck with me more than the kid would. oh my god <laughs> oh i don't even know how i feel about that right now because maybe i just so like when I was young, I, I watched television a lot when I was young, and I'm immune to the kid ones. But if I fucking saw a dog one, that would be rough, man. I'd be yeah, like, look it up. We're sending them $10 a day. I'm going to take 10 of them dogs and save their lives. See, what we need here <laughs> is if Bill was here, we could, you know, he could uh, he could find the commercial and he, he could just play it on some TV that's not existent here. in the studio. He could be here, but he said, I'm just too busy for you fuckers. Jeez. He's like, I got no time. You know, he yeah. just, he has no time. He's uh, he's um actually little tidbit. I don't know if he's gonna want me to tell you this or not, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. Um, he is uh um first off, he's a fucking rocking dude. Second off, he he started in with this new company doing uh solar power. Oh yeah, and um, it's this guy out of Florida that he works with, and dude, he just like shout out to my boy Bill. He just seems so much fucking. He seems happy. Like he's just slinging some solar panels. Yeah. And and he's like, he's like making, he does some marketing stuff and, and like, he just seems, I don't know, Bill, bro, if you're listening, you just seem fucking happy, man. Happy doing what you're doing. This dude's going to fly him down to Florida, I guess, um, in May. And he's going to like check out this area that he's working on and introduce him to some uh, manufacturing partners. And I don't know. He just seems fucking happy and I'm happy for him. That's awesome. Makes me smile to hear about. So you're not here, which is bullshit, Bill, but you have an out because you're happy, so I'll let yeah, it slide man, this that's time. Fine. That's fine. <laughs> so I was I I work in the landscape industry and there was a guy I was working with, one of my co uh he's a, a coworker. Um he's another contractor, um, and he's got some new crew members. And um younger, young gal and young guy. And he said to me yesterday we were talking and We've, we've both been having a hard time finding someone to work yeah. for us. Um, it's hard work. And um, and sometimes uh, it can be like you're in the heat of the moment and you're getting a bunch of stuff done. And like uh, foremen tend to bark a little bit, you know. Like, hey, get this done. What are you doing? Let's get this done. Da, 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 da. Come on, let's move. Stuff like that. And um, he, he made a statement to me. He said, you know, he said, he said, well, first off, he was bitching about them because <laughs> <laughs> he goes, they just don't know how to work, like work, work. And and it's like, too, they're not, and it's not their fault, but it's true. Like they've never experienced work, work. Mm-hmm. And so he like says. Like just the people he's got. Yeah, just the people he's got. Um, and he says, I bark at him. He says, but I can't anymore because I think they'll just walk off, mm. you know. And I think this, we talked about this last week a little bit, this generation is just different. 
you know, in, in a lot of different ways. But I think it's very true that, like, we can't speak to kids now like people spoke to kids 20 years ago or 40 years ago or 60 yeah. years ago. You know, there's different ways of motivating people. And in the environment it was 20, 40 years ago, when you bark at someone, it would motivate them. It's like, come on, let's go. Because it, it's it's a different kind of mentality. They It's like not taking it personally, but everything it takes gets taken a little more personally now. Mm-hmm. And and so when we change our verbiage, it makes total sense. We've changed the, the words we use to, to motivate. Yeah. Change the words we use as far as labels and no negativity. But there was a time when I believe when if you pointed out to somebody what they were doing wrong, it would it would be accepted as, okay, that means I just need to fix it. It doesn't mean I'm bad. It didn't get taken as personally. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. nowadays those words get taken more to heart. Absolutely. And and so I see that shift happening everywhere in how we communicate with the younger generations. You know, I remember when I would hear about these companies putting in like nap rooms and shit, like, like, uh, um, uh, shit, Microsoft and, mm. and like Apple and Intel, like these big tech companies, um, they put in rooms for people to take naps just because, you know, they wanted to make them happy and then free coffee bars and free smoothie Mm -hmm. bars and all these extra things just to keep people happier, you know. Um, And I think the more emphasis that we've put on keeping people happier, then then we raise the bar every single time. Right. So the the happier we want them to be, the, the harder it is for them to be uncomfortable and unhappy. And so if there's a high pressure situation or somebody barks at somebody or uh, when I say bark, if you don't know what I mean, I don't know anybody that wouldn't know what I mean, but I'll just say it's like when you're yelling and somebody getting on a case a little bit, when you bark at somebody, um, it puts them in an unhappy place and they don't like to be unhappy. So, and he's right. If they don't like to be unhappy and they become unhappy, they'll just walk off. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different world of trying to get shit done. Yeah. And it makes, it makes for bettering like the product or the workflow impossible so i okay say it it's true i ranted slightly last week all right about my wife and some of the things she vents about yeah at her work and one of the things is some of the people she works with take everything personally it's exactly that and so if it's just a simple case in point like this isn't personal but fyi you fucked this up and here's why you fucked it up like She's brought up the point, I can't even say that because then they shut down and then I'm, they're done. And mm-hmm. it's, it, so if you can't even correct someone, how are you going to make something right or better? It's, it, it's impossible. Um, so you change the wording just to more soft. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, what's the, you gotta sandwich that something good. Yeah. And a little negative. Then yeah. That was that you said that sandwich that I do. That little sandwich. Yeah. Um, I will say it also depends on the bark. Like I think like a, quick correction like that yeah just take it and go my last job that's part of the reasons i quit though yeah yeah i was and i feel like it this maybe doesn't correlate exactly to barking but i was working 70 hours a week let's just say Mm -hmm. i was felt like i was doing everything and i was burnt the fuck out and when your boss comes in and tells you you made one mistake and 
and I don't respond appropriately and I look tired and burnt out and why am I even there if I don't want to be there? It's like because I fucking run everything I feel like and I'm, yeah, I am tired. I'm 70 hours a week and I get paid a shitty salary. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, that was a straw of mine that got pulled. Yeah, yeah. I, I Yeah, when I think about a bark or a situation like that, so my old boss, God love him. I love him to death. There's plenty of people out there that don't, handle his communication style his old communication style he's actually gotten a lot better about it but he had this this way of communicating that was like just really fucking intense Mm. and and if you if you took things personally at all it was really fucking hard to get past and he you know he spent a lot of years working for the railroad you guys don't fuck around yeah you know they'll walk up and kick you square in the ass if you're fucking off like they don't fuck around. And so I remember this instance. We're um we're laying out an irrigation system and uh we're putting out like I don't know a thousand feet of irrigation. And with the irrigation pipe, after you trench it into the ground, you lay all the wiring for the controllers that goes to each in the irrigation valve. And so my boss says to this other guy working for us and this other guy was a little bit of a hothead, and he just took things personally. And he says, okay, take all the wires, and you walk them in a straight line 100 yards that way so we can get them all laid out. And the guy goes, why, why do that? Why can't we just coil it up right here? And he goes, because this is the way you do it. And he goes, well, I just don't understand. He goes, this is the fucking way we do it, so start walking. And, and the kid, like, lost it. Yeah. Got pissed off, took his took his soil knife, threw it on the ground. He says, this is fucking dumb. I'm out of here. And sometimes when you need to get shit done and you don't have time for discussion, you go and you tell somebody, you know, now granted, if I was in a situation, I would have made a little sandwich out of it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's me. But I think I'm a little more aware. I'm just one generation removed from that generation you know i think every generation has gotten a little bit softer with their words so now it's so soft that like even in like take elementary school and i don't think this is a bad thing so if anybody's listening i i don't want to say it's a bad thing i think that um i don't want to say this I think that that maybe some unintended consequences are going to come from this and they're going to play out in another 20 years that when, if and when shit gets really hard again in the world, like if we have a major war or some bad shit happens, it's going to be really hard to handle for people. Mm, Um, So it's like with elementary schools, um, there's like when it comes to correcting kids, it's like, we speak with kindness, nice touches, we say please and thank you, and those are all good things, but there's never the other end of it when a kid's losing their fucking shit and being an asshole, and you grab him by the hand, you walk him down the hallway, and you sit him in a chair, and you say, stay there, because I feel like, I could be wrong, so I'm sure somebody could tell me this, but I feel like if a little kid was punching a kid or throwing stuff or breaking stuff and someone grabbed them by the wrist. Like I got grabbed a lot of fucking times in my life when <laughs> I was a kid. 
walk my ass down to the office and forcibly, not in a painful way, but just you're sitting here now. And I had to, and I had to stay there. A fucking angry parent would come flying through that door as soon as they found out that someone grabbed their kid by the wrist. And I think that sometimes a kid needs to be fucking grabbed by the wrist. Yeah. And if the mental, like, I think an angry parent walks through the door could go two ways. And I think that's part of the problem. An angry parent walks through the door and they're mad that someone grabbed their kid by the wrist. That's one way. And that's what I feel like is right now. Or an angry parent walks the door and wonders why the fuck their kid is throwing shit or punching. Right. That's, those are two different situations. And the fact that I be, I would argue there's a large group that would be mad about the wrist thing. Says oh yeah. A lot. Oh yeah. That's it's, I'd say it's well over I'd, three quarters. You think? I think. I was going to say 50%. I think three quarters. And don't take offense to this mom's. If it's a mom coming in, for sure it's three quarters. If it's a dad coming in, maybe 50%. Because mm. I, I don't know. I think dad's. It, I think it depends. I Just by nature of the club, I've seen some dads come in angry that their kid is being let's just say sent home for throwing a punch because he felt it was justified like i feel like there's a on a dad level especially with boys yeah but throwing a a punch is different there's a lot of justification in actions i understand that and i think this is just a little bit different than that i think if it's if they're if they're angry because because their kid's getting kicked out for throwing a punch as opposed to being angry because someone grabbed their kid by the wrist and like forcibly touched their kid and set mm-hmm. him on the on a chair. You know, it's like um All right, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like I, I could see dads coming in and being like, listen, you know, the boys get into scrap now and then and, and they deal with it, which to a degree I understand, but not in a situation like we're in here or you're in, sorry, with the club. But I think that it's like putting hands on somebody, I think, is like anymore. You can't do it. No. Like, you just can't touch someone. You can't grab them by the wrist and, and make them walk down the hallway with you. Um, and it what it does is it gives, it gives kids a very heightened sense of power and control with a very immature emotional ability to 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 wield that power and control yeah so so i think it's just it's a really difficult situation um that honestly i mean i remember when i was in school there were teachers that took it too far you know they took their their liberties with being able to grab a kid and sit him in a chair too far like we had one teacher i remember he slammed my cousin up against a locker one time Mm. just grabbed him by the shirt and Bam, slammed his back up against the locker and got in his face, screamed at him. That's not okay. You know, you can't be doing that shit. Um, but when I was in high school, my principal, he had one of them fucking big-ass paddles hanging on his wall with those holes in it, you know? You ever seen those? I'm trying to think. It's like, a, a, you know what a, a um, do you know what a pickleball paddle looks like? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like a pickleball paddle except for it's bigger. Okay. Made of wood. They made it in shop class specific for this and drilled holes in it, like a lot of little holes. So 
every year at the beginning of the year, a parent would sign a waiver that said, it's okay if you gave my kid a SWAT if he acts out of, out of line. Oh. And my dad signed the waiver. It's okay. So, um, well, that's crazy. <laughs> so one day I'm, I'm in class and, uh, I was being highly disruptive. Um, so we had art class. You remember art class, the, the little, uh, eraser that you would mold into a ball. It was like really soft. Yeah. It was white. Ours was gray. Okay. But it was like, it was like kind of like rubber, but you could mold it. Right. Sure. Came in little squares. Well, every day in our class, I'd finish my shit early, and then I would take these little squares, and I would roll them up into a ball, and I would stick them in my pocket. And then I would slowly build this massive fucking ball of eraser <laughs> in my locker. It was like the size of a softball. Now, to be fair, it was definitely theft. <laughs> and... Those things are expensive. That little that that eraser stuff. It's like a dollar something a square back mm. then, and that's like it's probably four bucks now. So then I had econ, but it was independent econ after that. So there was no teacher. Okay. So we sit in the, in the classroom, and I'd always grab a wad of this eraser, and I'd be fucking pinging people <laughs> like all <laughs> class, and um. And then my teacher would come in and she'd like hear us laughing or whatever. And she'd look at me and she knew what was going on, but she didn't catch me. So one day she asked me to stay after class and I'm like, fuck, okay. And I did shitty in that class because it was like, it was, everybody said it was an easy A. So I took it and it was pretty easy. I didn't get an A. So that's what shows you my dedication to an easy A class. I got a C, but, um, she, she's like, She's like, you need to, you need to wait right here. I'm like, all right. So, um, Tom, the janitor, really nice guy, really nice guy. He comes in and he's like, listen, he's like, you're breaking my vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not touching your vacuum cleaner. And he showed me all this fucking eraser that he has to peel out of the bristles out oh, of his vacuum yeah. cleaner every fucking day. And it's like it doesn't hardly work because the bristles are all full of this eraser shit. And and it'll, and and then my principal comes in. Thank you, Mr. Lemonian. He comes in. And he goes, "Let's go for a walk, Mr. Lamon." I'm like, "Okay." So we're walking. He's like, "Let's let's go to your locker number." And so we walk down to my locker and I open it. And there, of course, there's this huge yeah. fucking wad of eraser in there. And he's like, "Uh." this is an issue. I'm like, yeah, uh, it's an issue. So he <laughs> takes it. We go down to the office and I'm sitting in there and I know what's coming. It's like, I know my dad signed the paper. I know what's up. And everybody saw me walk in with him. And he's like, they're like, fuck. And you remember you ever had someone like when you're a kid put their, 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 uh, like their middle finger and their thumb around the back of your neck when you're walking Oh yeah, and like to lead you. Yep. It's like, he didn't need to fucking lead me. But I think he wanted to show everybody in all the classrooms when we walked by his hand on my back of my neck, like like we're doing the walk. And it was all, it's like I don't know, it's some power trip. But it, <laughs> everybody's like, "Motherfucker, I wonder what I did." <laughs> so we went in and sat down, and he gives me the talk, and then he's like, "All right," he's like, "Stand up and turn around, grab the grab the arms of the chair." So I bent over, grabbed the handles like the side handles of the chair. 
and you could hear it fucking whistle. That's what the holes yeah. are for. Yeah. A little he, less air resistance. Yeah. And it, well, I, that, and he just wants you to know it's like you can hear the whistle. And I got three, three good swats is what we call them. We get in a swat. I got three swats. Fuck. My ass hurt, oh. bro. Then I had to go sit down on it. And so it's like you go into class and you're like easing yourself into the chair and everybody knows. And yeah. Like, Damn. <laughs> but it was, it was a very powerful tool to keep people in line. Wow. Well, wow. All those other kids were like, fuck, I don't want that shit. You no. know? I, I'm surprised that flew. But I mean, I guess, yeah. It's small town Idaho, though. I mean, yeah. I think I was trying to, I was thinking about that when we were talking about what percentage of people would be mad. If the kid grabbed some kid by the wrist and brought him in, my guess in small town Idaho, the town I grew up in, I bet you it's like twenty five percent. Yeah, I think the smaller town, yeah, more the rural smaller towns, the town, more yeah. rural. I think it's a little more a piece. Granted, there might be a a lawsuit hungry country we're in right now. Anyways, anything and everything you can sue over. Yeah, but why though? I mean, like we're we're so um, victimized. Yeah. Like everybody's a fucking victim all the time. And to to that point, what's the most inspiring fucking stories you've ever heard in your life? It's about somebody who pulled themselves out of the fucking right. ashes, who went through hell and back and, and made something of themselves. Yeah. So if that's the most inspiring story, because because we all know that when you go through great tragedy and pain, great growth comes from that. And we become better people. We, or there's opportunities to become better people. Why are we so afraid of of letting letting our kids feel some some stress and some pains? Like, as a, as a parent, we never want our kids to hurt, right? We don't want them to be sad. You know, we want them to be comfortable and happy and all those things. Even though in our minds we were perfectly aware that if they're happy and perfect all the fucking time, they're not going to be very well rounded. Mm. You know, it's like as far as like being able to handle shit if it gets difficult. You know, anxiety levels are way higher. Um, like uh, 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 suicide levels are way higher yeah. in teens. Um, and I wonder, maybe some of that is because is because we're we protect them from such a young age from any kind of bad feelings. So when they do experience it, it's just. Over the top. Yeah, it's super uncontrollable. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. What do y'all think? Huh? I don't know. What I thought you were going to say, and I didn't know if this was fact or not either, is like the most inspired, based on the most inspiring stories are people who come from nothing or have been just terribly victimized and then made something of it, right? And so maybe the urgency to become a victim is because you know that that's how hero stories are made. And so that oh. might be a preemptive, like, I'm I'm a victim, but I can overcome. I don't know. I'm stretching here. I'm reaching. No, no. But I, it's just a, it was a thought that crossed my mind. That's I, No, I think that I'm sure there's there's validity in that. Like, I'm sure there are people out there that they are like, okay, so if I put myself in a bad situation and appear to be a victim. Or not even appear. Well, that. I, there has been that. But even if you find yourself in a situation where, and you can portray as though you're victimized or you were victimized and you want to be super public or loud about it, I mean, that's, that might just make the next step of your story, the hero's part. I don't know. Yeah. But that's like, yeah, they're trying to skip the work. Yeah. They're, they're like, they're I agree. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, 
And I think that happens a lot, actually. It's like, what was that? Um, Jesse Smollett, you remember him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he yeah. tried to do that. You know, he tried to to make That's, himself the victim. I mean, he it was manufactured. Yeah. But it was like, he, uh, anybody who's not listening to Jesse Smollett was, what was the name of the show he was on? I think he got his job back. Did he really? Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah, dude. If that doesn't show the hypocrisy of fucking Hollywood, I'm pretty sure he got his job back. Wow. What what was the name of that show? Um, Empire. Empire, yeah. So he hired a couple of dudes to rough him up in the street and, and, and quote-unquote rob him and, and, like, throw some slurs at him. Yep. So then he could he could go and take that story to like, and he he wanted to make sure they were Trump supporters or yeah. say they're Trump supporters. Yeah. Which uh, whatever. I, it, it, he wanted to depending on what people listen to this. That was the heightened thing, right? Yeah. Is, he wanted to amplify his victimhood. Yeah. yeah. You know, so then he could he could turn around and and like monetize that somehow and make him more more uh, I don't know more popular. More, more celebrity. More a, yeah, more of a victim. I he's don't. Got a, he's got a story, so then he's going to be in the headlines. You know, maybe he was yeah. feeling like he wasn't getting enough attention. Obviously, yeah. Maybe as an get, actor, like if I've been a victim, now I have more power to me. Give me a bigger role. Well, yeah, know. yeah. Empire now with the new role for Jesse Smollett. Right. Like, like all of a sudden, his brand role, new Jesse Smollett, you know, show with him being the star instead of just an right, extra. Right. And he's going to have his old like. He, I could see it now. You have a clothing line, you yeah. know, you know, stand up for yourself or whatever. Don't stand up for assault or yeah, he could whatever do, it is, whatever it is. He could he could run with it if he if he hadn't been busted. Yeah, you know. So this dude, yeah, he manufactured basically a hate crime. Yeah, and then he went back to his apartment and then he called the cops. And like he had a he still had like a noose around his neck or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like it was way over the top. Yeah, but I think one of the things was like. He still had his Subway sandwich. <laughs> like, I think that's what it was, wasn't it? Like, they're like, wait, you went, you went to Subway at 2 a.m. and you still have the sandwich, but you're dumped in bleach and you have a noose around your neck? Yeah. Like, like was, you didn't was drop, the, fucking, you didn't like, drop the sandwich? He's, he's sitting there eating the sandwich when they, when they showed up to his Anyways, house. Turns out that, yeah, he paid these guys to do it. Yeah. And how fucking insulting is that for people who actually see that's what, it, that's what I feel like it, like, yeah, how insulting, demeaning, like, when you manufacture that, you take away the legitimacy of what others have actually gone through. Yeah. And that's horrible. Well, and that's a story as old as fucking time when it comes to victimhood, right? It's like that, like, people, like, uh, like what was that, um, that movie Bombshell with about Fox News and... No, I don't um, think I've seen it. Roger somebody... Um, Basically, he was like he was assaulting sexually all these women that were going to work for him, and he was, you know, using his power to get them the, the spotlight to have they would have sex with them or whatever. And so, all these legitimate stories were happening. But if you have ten legitimate stories, but one illegitimate story of a, of a sexual assault. Mm. People are going to remember the illegitimate story. Yeah, and then it puts doubt in everyone's... Right. And then it's like, did that really happen? Because so-and-so said the same thing you did, and it never really happened. Right. It's been proven. So how are we supposed to, you know, and it's just like, I just, it's got to be, for victims of assault, 
it's hard enough to 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 talk to somebody about it and to seek out help. Like I've never been assaulted. This so this is basically statistically reading I'm I'm talking about. Sure. Or hearing on podcasts or radio, but it's like it's really fucking hard to go and tell somebody because you just from what I understand, the way it feels is like somehow it was your fault, somehow, mm-hmm. you know, or no one's going to listen anyway, and I just want to move on. I don't want to think about it anymore. So all these different reasons for it that are fully legitimate because it's it's like such a traumatizing experience. And then to have somebody go in and say that it happened and it didn't really fucking happen, it's like now it's even harder to go talk to somebody because who's going to fucking believe you? Yeah. You know, especially if it was like against the same person. Right. And it's dominantly men assaulting women. Mm -hmm. Dominantly. It happens the other way around. But I mean, to that point, how many dudes are going to be like, yeah, I was sexually assaulted by a woman? Mm -hmm. That does, I mean, that's got to be even less likely to happen that someone's going to say it. Oh, yeah. Well, even the mindset, like, what was it? Where I don't remember if we were talking about this. Like, let's say it's a high school teacher. If a high school teacher, a male teacher, sexually assaults a girl, that's tragic. Yep. However, if a high school teacher bangs a guy, there's a good chance oh my God. that guy yeah. is like, hey, guess what? Yeah, he's telling all his friends, and it's like bragging rights. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, I had a teacher in high school that was friendly with a few dudes, not myself included, but it was like, it was known. It was known, and, and there wasn't. It wasn't it's still one. fucked up. It It is fucked up. Um, but nobody fucking cared. I mean, even people in the community knew. Mm. And it's like these kids' dads were like, "There you go." <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like no big deal. I'm sure their moms weren't like that. Their moms are probably pissed, but their dads are like, "Ah, what are you gonna do?" You know. It'd be interesting to see in cases that that did happen, and maybe it's unreported. Like, was there long term like negative effects on that? Because at the end of the day, let's say it's a 15-year-old boy, right? Yeah. Like, that's sexual assault or, Absolutely. or whatever. Um, and so maybe, you know, in the moment, it's like, haha, yeah, but long-term, did it fuck him up? I'm sure. At 15 years old? I, well. I don't know. See, I don't know. It might be super kid-dependent. Well, and it's also gender-dependent. I hate to say it. I feel like it anyway. Like... And and I couldn't no, and be totally fucking wrong on this. No, I agree. And and so my emphasis is for a a boy, yeah. a man, like if that if he was sexually assaulted by his teacher at fifteen, and he's thirty eight now, forty now, mm-hmm. like are there long term effects of that, or is he still proud of it? I don't know. Well, so I think there's it's there's a couple directions that you can go with that. I think is that a is he already sexually active? Sure. Um, like if he's never if he's never been sexually active and a teacher coerces him into having sex, I think that it's it's probably going to be something that's going to affect him. Mm. Um, if he's already sexually active, and and then the teacher co- coerces him into having sex, then it's probably going to be a little less effective. And if he's already sexually active and the teacher doesn't have to coerce him at all, just says, "Hey, what do you think?" and he's like, "I'm down." Right. Then it's not going to affect him at all. Yeah, I you suppose know? it's pretty situational dependent. I, I would think so, but I, and I, for when I say it's gender specific too, it's like I think that the the story is often is that older male coerces, manipulates younger female. Mm-hmm. 
uses the power of teacher student relationship, um, uh, getting approval from an older man, all of these different things to, to manipulate somebody into that position. Um, and I think with, with boys, because like, Hey, I think because like when you're turned like 13, 14 years old, you're like a walking hard on as it is that there's not much manipulation, not as much manipulation needed. Now, like I've heard some stories where there's like a long-term relationship involved where it's like teacher and 15 year old. There was one where like the teacher had the kid's baby. I remember hearing about Mm. it. This woman, she had, she had had sex with a 15 year old and they had a relationship. Like he was going to her house, spending the night telling his folks he was staying at somebody else's house was a long-term physical and emotional relationship. And she ended up having his kid and then she went to jail. So like, that's going to fuck a dude up for a long time. Sure. Sure. And at 15 and, and maybe then you're 16 and you're a dad. Right. And I think those, I think like if it's a long-term relationship kind of thing where it's an emotional attachment, I think that that's the ultimate fuckery. Mm. Like that's where, that's where it's like, it's the worst because you're creating this emotional lifelong attachment to somebody at a very young age when you're so malleable that I think that's going to last. You need some serious fucking therapy. Sure. Um, so hmm. yeah. Interesting thoughts. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, and it's, it's, it's all, it's hard. Cause this is all, well, for me, this is all speculation. Oh yeah. It, um, it's, it's spec. Eh, what do you mean? Speculation? I mean, it's like, I haven't ex- it's happened. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. 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 But it, like someone's feelings on it. Like I'm just guessing. Right. Like I have no idea because I haven't been in that situation personally. Right. And well, so that's, yeah, it's just, it's just sparking conversation. It's not like I actually know what the fuck I'm talking about. Word. Yeah, it's exactly. It's definitely speculation. I think that so in, in a, in a way to sandwich this and to say, this is hopefully to not offend anybody out there um, that's listening right now. Like we don't, we're not fucking experts. No, we don't right. know what the fuck we're talking about. I think more along the lines of, I think it's a positive that we're that people are are curious and want to understand and, and possibly help in any way we can mm-hmm. to, or, or at least just create more awareness around that the situation exists and like how do people feel about it? Because I mean, we're, that's why we're here. We just talk about what we're feeling about. Oh, absolutely. You well, know, so yeah, it's um, but it's it's fucking it's an interesting world, you know. So how does that, how does that situation, like, you know, take high school kids now, is that like, uh, there's such a hyper awareness around, um, sexual objectification of women and then, um, uh, sexual abuse Mm -hmm. and, and like you look at the Larry Nasser stuff from the gymnasts. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think that uh, um, it's created an environment of like uh, super heightened alertness of any possible situation that could possibly be misconstrued as a sexual assault. And so it's to a degree, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, is that 
we create these situations where nobody will ever feel anything than 100% happy, comfortable, content, especially as a young person. You know, it's like, it's like um, if you're in class and you want to get somebody's attention and you're an adult male and it's a, like if you're, if you're here at the club and you're in a teen center and there's a teenage girl that you need to get her attention and she's got her headphones on and, and you're behind her and you're trying to talk to her, you don't put your hand on her shoulder. No. Like you can't tap, like you can't touch somebody anymore where it's like, it's gone. Like I, I get it. Like I, I understand that like that it can be like that that was a tactic, I think, back in the day for predators where they would touch people a number of times to get them used to being touched. Mm. You know, it was like uh what's it called? Grooming. Okay. And and then after you touch them in the shoulder enough times that people these, sure, these men would be like they bit, would yeah. escalate it. So I understand to a degree why there's concern around it. But at the same time, it shouldn't be a big fucking deal to touch someone on the shoulder to get their attention if they can't, if they're not looking at you and they're like, you know, their minds in some other place and they're busy doing something mm-hmm. they, and you can't get their attention. So now you got to get around to their face and wave your hands in front of their face or something because they can't hear you. It, I just think that it, it it's good. It's gone so far and it, it's not extreme. I'm not going to say it's an extreme yet, but it's close where it's like, um, any, like anybody could touch somebody on the shoulder and be like, Oh, Hey, that was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Where's the, where's the line of inappropriate and appropriate? You know, it's not like you smack them on the ass, you know, or, or like you're rubbing their shoulders or you, you know, like sniff their hair. like Joe Biden does. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think, so I'll just give the club example, like, especially as a man. I am hyper aware of every situation I'm in. Yeah. There's a reason that every room in our club and every inch has cameras. There's a reason we have rules in place where you cannot be one-on-one with a kid without direct line of sight from someone else. There's a reason why when we go on our camp out, you and I don't separate with one kid and go have a one-on-one in the woods. Yeah. Right. There's reasons for this because I refuse to put myself in a situation that I can even be fabricated well, right. On a case like this, because it's so, it, it's, it's everywhere. And I'm not saying it's every, like it being everywhere isn't legitimate, but I, I, I recognize as a man, I, there's potential for, um, even fabricated stories. And so I have to be aware of that in everything I do. For instance, like I don't hug kids. Yeah. Now, is it wrong if I have, a positive relationship at the club with mm-hmm. some of the kids. They want to give me a hug. Mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's right. wrong at all. Here's the thing. A- affection is like, is a really important part of life. Yeah. And so like, as a guy, I have to be super conscious. Like, okay, I know X child boy or, or girl doesn't mm-hmm. even make a difference. Let's say they're eight or nine. I have a great relationship. Like just in interacting. Yeah. If they see me and they run up because I don't see them every day and they want to give me a hug, I instantly drop to a knee and give them a side. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if I stand up, they're too close to a region yep. that I'm going to get in trouble for. And if it's face-to-face, 
it's face to face and then I'm in a bad it's, position it's, as well. Yeah, because it, it seems intimate when yeah. it's face to face. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and, and I'm fine doing that, but it's like, there's no malice there. There's no. Right. So I think that it, it, it um, brings on a level of anxiety and a level of stress to the, to the person in your situation where every single day you're on alert all day for situations where there's no intent behind any of it other than you care about these kids. And some little nine-year-old kid thinks you're the fucking bomb and wants to come up and give you a hug. And it's like, it's kind of, it's not kind of, it's really fucked that in that situation, you can't be like, come here, kid, give them a big fucking hug, pat them on the head, ruffle their hair and say, all right, go on. You know, it's like, it's bad actors previous yeah that have have unfortunately set the tone for every single situation that exists yeah. today that that like people and and especially men have to be uber aware of like giving a hug mm-hmm. um and it's and Look, I don't have anxiety over it. Like I said, we we have so many rules and honestly protections in place. Like it, you have to be pretty as a male at when, the club. You have to be pretty um, aware of what you're doing mm-hmm. to put yourself in a situation where you're not like more or less in the eyesight of another adult, mm-hmm. where you're not on camera. I guess all, all our cameras have sound too, if you didn't know that. Well, I do know that, yeah. Um, and it's just like, like if a kid ran up to me and gave me a hug and I wasn't paying attention and suddenly it's a face-to-face hug and I'm standing. Yeah. Right? My eyes are directly, I instantly will look for the next staff in the room and give them an eye contact like I didn't initiate That's what this. I'm talking about. You said you don't have anxiety. I don't because it's second. I've been doing this for seven years. I, I, I understand though, but in that moment, your brain has to switch into that mode. True. That that like find another set of eyes. I got I got to connect with someone, so, so I got confirmation, even just visual. Someone else sees that this kid just gave me a hug out of the blue, and I had no control over it. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. It, 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 sure. It, it. I get it. I understand why it exists. I do. So I'm not I'm not saying that it's it's not what needs to happen. What I'm saying is that it's a very unfortunate fucked up part of the world we live in that that when we get when you get a hug from a kid who just loves the shit out of you and thinks you're it that all of a sudden the first thing you got to think of is make eye contact with another staff. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate. And maybe saying fucked up is the wrong way to describe it. But it's just an unfortunate situation where maybe this fucking kid doesn't get hugs from anybody. Maybe, right. You know, and, and, I, it, and yeah. it's like, you know, maybe just he just needs a fucking hug, and and like somebody that gives a shit about him can take two seconds and show appreciation to him with just giving him a hug. It might make his whole fucking day. Yeah, and you so, know, but so based on that, I'm willing to take on the anxiety. I'm willing to take on the extra work. Sure. I'm willing to do the extra steps that a kid isn't going to notice. He's not going to notice me the bomb. looking at another kid if because that hug could be impactful. Yeah, right. Fuck yeah. And so I think you know, you just look at 
let's just say our club staff who are all aware of this. And frankly, on a huge positive note, there's a ton of male staff right now in Baraboo. Mm -hmm. This is not a male heavy field. We're in here. Um, Yeah. We know why that is though. Well, yeah, we just talked about it. No, it's our fucking league boys, man. Oh yeah. I know these, those guys are rocking, but but it's like, I'm willing to take on that, that financial cost of cameras with sound in every freaking corner. I'm Mm -hmm. willing to take on the anxiety of it constantly, constantly being on my mind because it enables me to still make that impact because the kid's not going to know that I'm protecting myself from something. Right. They're just going to know I'm, I'm showing them some affection yeah. and, and building that relationship. Right. And, and the fact that you're able to do that and you've gone through all of the work to do it for all the cameras and for all the staff training and everything you need to do. And another staff member knows that when you look across and make eye contact, they know what you're doing. Um, you've created an environment where where it's it's easier to accept and have an understanding and you're more prepared for it. Mm-hmm. The world isn't like that. No. Like you you live in, in this environment that, that you have done a fantastic, amazing fucking job setting up where these kids can feel comfortable being themselves, which is like what better thing is there, honestly, dude. So first off, kudos to you for what you've done here because it's fucking amazing. Love you for that. Um, second off, it's uh it's a tough place to be. It's a tough place to be that that um that our our, our society is in this in the situation where we have to constantly think about those things and 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 not be able to kind of just be human. Yeah. You know? Because there's people who take advantage of the, the humanizing aspect and they Yeah, because people are ass. Some some they, people are assholes. Fucked. Yeah. 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 Ooh. That got deep. How about that, bro? No, it's good shit though. It's yeah. honest. It's yeah, true. It is. it is. And it's and it's just it's part of our daily life. Yeah. It is. And it's like um it's uh uh there's uncomfortable shit that, that we go through and, and I think it's important to talk about that. So, hey, let's backtrack. So you got swatted in school. Yes, sir. Is that the most trouble you've ever been in in school? Um, no. So, um. Oh, you went beyond the swatting? Well, so in middle school, we used to have, (laughs) so, uh, when we had a middle school that we were so fucking dumb. So (laughs) our middle school was this little building in direct eyesight of the high school, it was about, I don't know, 150, 200 yards away. And it, and it was like a very nondescript little building. Um, it's a small town, so we didn't have a lot of kids, you know. Um, and there was this big wooden table right outside the front door of the middle school. So almost every fucking day before middle school, we would all show up to school 20 minutes early. And there's this kid named Clint. He was a smart kid. He would show up and he'd bring his homework. And he would lay it out across the table and we would all copy his homework. And we did it for a long time. Like, I don't know how many times they wanted to watch us do this from the high school before they said, hey, you guys might (laughs) want to look into this situation. But I'm pretty sure I had detention for at least a week or two. Okay. And everybody involved. And I didn't get a SWAT at that time. But the SWAT was like, it was over. I got sent back to class and that was it. The detention after school sucked because you had to clean stuff yeah. and you couldn't be with your friends. So, 
What about you? What What was your worst? I don't know what the worst was. I mean, I've been in trouble in school for sure. High school was a rough time for me. Yeah. I got caught pretending I was my dad calling myself in sick. Oh, nice. <laughs> Nicely done. How'd you get caught? Did you not like do the voice well enough or what? Uh, I know. I, um, I think I nailed me. I was hanging out with a girl. Oh. And I was her dad too, apparently. And uh, I think I called from the same number. <laughs> <laughs> Back when the, when caller ID was first coming around, yeah, and like, yeah, wait yeah, yeah, a minute, yeah. we're so fucking dumb as kids. It took him like two hours to figure it out, though. So whatever. What do you think they were just sitting around the office going, "Huh"? So Kyle and so and so, I'm sure the relationship both, was pretty well known. Yeah, so that's like, what I'm yeah, saying. Oh, interesting. They're yeah. both sick today. Odd. And these phone calls uh, sound okay. eerily similar. Back to back, odd. The voice was similar. Yeah, dumb. I was dumb. Yeah, and then it's like, hey, how about, is it possible we could check the caller ID on those yeah. calls? So that landed me a couple after school detentions, but I think the worst trouble I got in, okay, so. So wait, I'm, wait, wait, don't, don't gloss over this because this is good shit. So how did you get busted? What did they do? I think they ended up calling my house. Yeah. To verify or something like that. And my mom's like, oh, what? <laughs> so where were you? At my girlfriend's house. Oh, you were at the girlfriend's house. Yeah. So, so you called from her her number. I had a cell phone at the time. Oh, you, fuck. So you called from your cell phone number. So then they called your mom to verify. Yeah. And then what happened? Like how? Did, uh, then I got a phone call from my mom. And it was not Did a good one. Did you answer right away? Yeah, or did you I like knew, let it ring? I knew it was up. Oh, you knew what was up. The fucking Jake was up, huh? Yeah. Or no, I'm trying to think. This was a long time ago. I yeah. did let it ring. She left a voicemail. And uh, God, I wish I could. I would have saved that voicemail. I'm pretty sure it was. Hey, you just got a call from the school. Apparently, you're not there. I'm guessing you're ex. Uh, you should probably call me back because you're in deep shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then That's, i called back and she goes if you're not in school in five minutes it was rough so did you both show up to school both showed up to school oh everybody fucking knew they had to have oh dude the receptionist the or the administrative assistant whatever her name is she was so cool about it though she goes yeah nice try <laughs> that's fucking awesome I'm like yeah so uh how bad is it she goes eh, it's your first time she goes eh, it'll be a couple after school detentions it's not that bad I'm like all right that's fucking funny like, man here's your note to walk in the hall she goes it's uh fourth hour right now you should probably get going <laughs> like all right see ya but the, and did you and your girlfriend walk in together uh, or did you like delay um, it you spread it out a little i don't remember because like if you walked in together no i think we i think we did it separate because i think i had a car at the time i must have been just turned 16 Maybe okay I just turned 16 okay and uh yeah, I'm pretty sure I just drove because my mom was yelling at me. And well, what about your girlfriend? I think she showed up a little bit later. Did her parents take her? She, she was she was kind of in a messed up home situation. So. Oh, did she did she have a car? I mean, like, how did she get there? I want to say she just walked because she only lived a couple blocks. Oh, okay. So, yeah. like, I had I, to get my car there, and she just walked. I would have totally done it separate. I wouldn't have walked in together. Yeah, I'm sure we had it figured out. This was yeah. So you know. 20 years ago i don't know i don't know i'm just yeah i'm just trying to think that was that was fucked up situation one two was okay the high school i went to had integrated math you know what integrated math is it's 
it was a stupid experiment, and if they still do it, it's a shame, where they decided you're not going to take geometry and algebra and things like that. They're going to combine it all, and they're going to integrate all those little math disciplines into a one class and okay and then on top of that it was it was self and group learning oh that's so you potted up brilliant so you potted up (laughs) you had pods and you went into these little groups of four that was your group and the teacher explained a lesson and then as a group you worked through problems and you figured it out together it was just horrible did you get to pick your group or you with your buds? No, no. Well, my senior year I did. This was my junior year. This okay. Year, no. So I'll talk about the senior one afterwards because that was funny. Okay. Um, so junior year, uh, I didn't get to pick my group. And honestly, I was good at math. And so it's all this group self-learning and then it's all a lot of homework. Like that was the thing mm-hmm. in, in my junior year. And I refused to do the homework. I had I had other things to do, right? Yeah, you were busy. I was busy. Yeah. So I wouldn't do homework. I literally had a zero on my homework score, but I was acing tests. And I wouldn't participate in my group. I would just chill. And so my teacher was convinced. Mr. Jensen, he had this big, <laughs> tall, skinny guy, big, bald head, and just a, lo- a neck that was like six inches fucking long. I, I, t- I called him the turtle man because he looked like a turtle. Right? <laughs> uh, oh, poor Mr. Jensen. Yeah. And so, and I had this class for a block schedule. So, and the block schedule was so dumb. It was, you had an hour and then they gave you a lunch and then you had another hour. Yeah, it was really dumb. So there'd be often times where I would skip second hour. Like I would just take a long lunch mm-hmm. and he, yeah. I'd walk it. I like, I'd walk into my sixth hour and I'd see him and like, good one hour, dude. I'm not coming back for the second hour. So whatever. Anyways. Dude, you were a fucking rebel, man. But, uh, so he was convinced I was cheating cause I was acing these tests and I, I, wouldn't do any homework and he goes Mm -hmm. fine you know what i'm gonna put it on you he goes you don't get to work with other people so this group learning atmosphere i got my own table so he put me in the corner nice you're probably happy with that in my own table and he he and i just did not go well together and so one day i was fucking around and i didn't so the day before i didn't show up uh to the second half of the class i think i went to my grandma's or something like that Mm -hmm. and uh the next day i'm sitting there i'm fucking around and we had just taken a test, like, like if I was fucking around on a Wednesday, I skipped Tuesday. We took a test on Monday or something like that. Yeah. I don't remember what happened. And uh, he comes up to me, and I'm I'm by myself, right, in my little corner. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what are you doing? And at the time, I was drawing a treasure map. <laughs> <laughs> doing important work here. And uh, I'm like, drawing a treasure map? And he goes, why don't you draw yourself a map to the office? We're going to have a conversation after this. So I had to go to the office. Nice. Did you draw the map? Huh? No, I didn't draw the map. <laughs> and so I was just chilling there, and he came in. And he goes, I know you're cheating. I'm like, I'm not cheating. He goes, you don't do the homework, and you don't show your work. I'm like, I can just do this math in my head. It's not fucking hard. And he, he was convinced. And he goes, you're disruptive in class. You don't – you skip the second half of the class. He goes, here's what's going to happen. You either drop my class or you fail it. I'm like, what? Wow. I'm like, bro, I'm acing these tests. Mm-hmm. And he goes, drop it or fail. And so then we had this big thing with the fucking principal, and I ended up having to drop it. So there was a point in time, this is embarrassing, my second semester of my junior in high school, my GPA was 0.9. Holy fuck. I had, instead of eight classes, I had four. Because I had to, I dropped two of them, Why'd and you- I already was taking two study halls. Oh, shit. Okay. So I had four classes. 
Well, but why would your GPA be 0.9? I mean, you still have, like, if, if you had four classes, if you're getting a three. I'm pretty po- sure I was feeling two. Oh, okay. Well, that, that'd be a good reason why you get a point. Point fucking nine. Was, That's impressive. It Maybe it wasn't that bad. It was it was super low. That was like giving zero fucks. Yeah, it was GPA. giving zero fucks. Yeah. It, was, it was a bad time in junior. So then fast forward my senior year, I retake this class with a different teacher and my hockey buddy, we called him Train because he was a big kid and when he played hockey, he didn't like, when he first started playing hockey, he didn't really stop. And so he just kept going. <laughs> like, train seems like an applicable yeah, name. Yeah, so we called him Train, but he was a genius. The kid's a fucking genius. And so we're in this math class and this, my new teacher, my senior year, he's like a hippie man. He, I'm pretty sure he was always high. His big claim to fame was he could draw a perfect circle. So he'd fucking stand up in the middle of class and he would just go on this chalkboard and draw a circle and he'd just stare at it. And everyone's like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) fucking entertaining shit when we're in high school. So we're taking these tests and, uh, train sit next to me. And he's fucking jotting it down. And I wasn't paying attention already anyways. And at this point, senior year, I really didn't care. Right. Even more than my junior year. And uh, supposed to be quiet. And, and I lean over and like, train. Like, how do you fucking do this? And so he leans over on my paper. And it worked out because he was a lefty. Mm-hmm. And I was a righty. And so he was, he'd lean over with his left hand. And on my test, he's sitting here showing me how to do uh, these questions. Mm-hmm. And this fucking teacher who didn't give a shit walk over, he would watch him do it. And he'd go, yep, that's right. And then he'd walk away and keep walking. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. See, that's a good teacher. So, yeah, I don't know. Those are my... That's, but that, that junior year thing was the biggest problem I've been in. So it wasn't the same teacher. No, I, I purposely didn't get the same teacher. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know if he was going to give you a second chance or not. I wouldn't have taken it. No. Fuck that. So... Uh, <laughs> What was your fucking GPA your junior year at the end of the year? I mean, what, did you just like clean that shit up real fast? I did. I, I had to have cleaned it up. So that was a horrible semester for me. Um, I ended up graduating high school on honor roll with like a three something, three so six. Smart, Kyle Crosby. So, smart. I just yeah. It was all purposeful. Like, fuck this. But I could do it, and that's the thing. I, I could do it. I think kids like you. Just fucking listen to this, kids like you. Um, you're so fucking smart and like with school that you get bored so easy. And when you get bored easy, then you tend to be more likely to, to fuck off and act out and not show up and do shit like that. Because it's like, people want to be challenged, Mm. you know? And it's like, I think so often in school, kids that, that do act out or, or are bored or, um, a lot of times it's because they're not being challenged. You know, it's like I, my son, Bailey, when he went to school, he went into the fourth grade and I, he's, he's so fucking smart. It's stupid smart. Like everything is easy for him. Math is like, fuck, ah, whatever. It's boring. Da, 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 I'm done. So when he went into fourth grade and I, I went and talked to the principal, I'm like, give me your hardest fucking teacher you got. I want someone that's not going to take any shit from him. And someone's going to give him extra work when he needs it because I don't want him. I want him to be challenged, mm-hmm. you know. And they did. They gave me uh, his fourth grade teacher. She was fucking awesome. He walked into class and and he's like walking around. And he's kind of fidgeting. She looks at me. She goes, "Yo, Bailey." And he snapped his head around. And she goes, "You're sitting right here by me. I got my eye on you." And he was like, <laughs> "Fuck!" And she was hardcore. Yeah, you know. But he respected that. And then, like, when he was done, 
like 10, 20 minutes before the other kids with his shit, she'd give him more stuff to do. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I think if you keep a kid engaged and, and still learning, well, then, then that's what they're supposed to be there for. And I think there's less opportunity to be like, fuck this, I'm out of here. All right. I mean, you could tell me because it was your, sounds like it was kind of your jam. Do you oh, think yeah, if you weird. were in that position that if they would have given you more opportunities to challenge you, like actually make it difficult, do you think it would have changed anything? I don't know because part of that integrated math was fucking hard. I don't know. I don't know. Hard to say. It was a long time ago. And in full transparency, as I'm reflecting on this, I exaggerated that GPA. It was actually a one something in that junior year. So I did. I exaggerated. That. Solid, solid difference. <laughs> point nine to a one point. What? I don't know, like a four or something. 1.4. 4. Yeah. You were just fucking off. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, I, don't, I, I was just reflecting on it. Like, I don't think it was that low. Yeah, well. It was low. It was super low. I, yeah. I I only had four classes, and I wasn't doing well in any of them. So. What, all I'm saying is that between a 1.4 and a 0.9, there's not a big fucking difference. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll Compared give to you, the average 3.8 yeah, that I, I was getting or something. I, I think that, you know, it makes for a better story as a 0.9. Yeah, you know, it's exaggerated, a, but yeah, we'll, we'll run with yeah, it. Yeah, we'll run with it. Get it below a point, fuck, that's some legit <laughs> shit right there. You know, you can rock that shit for a while. It's a good story. So We used uh, to have a... Do you ever have like a mandatory like skip day and like all the the administrators knew about it but they couldn't do oh, yeah, shit? Yeah, senior skip. We don't just a senior year we did. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we did that and then our hockey team always skipped too. Okay. Like that the day after our season would end, we'd always skip. Okay, what'd you guys do? Just go out to eat and shit or what? Yeah, just hung out as a yeah. team. See, did your teachers get pissed off or did they get it? I don't know. They didn't say anything. I, the the athletic director a couple times like He's like, look, I know this. I know what you guys are going to do, mm. and I don't know why your parents are on board with this because they all call you in. But he goes, you should be at school. I'm like, uh, yeah, I fully intended on being at school, man. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, man, you can't. Uh, you not can't feeling good admit today. Guilt. Not feeling good today. <laughs> so. Yeah, we had a senior skip day. Um, every every year, senior year, everybody had a senior skip day, and it was that thing that like. <sighs> Part of me wonders if the teachers didn't say what they said just because they're supposed to, or part of me just wonders if they just like really, really thought that that's where kids ought to be. Mm. Because I remember like during hunting season, people would just not go to school. Mm -hmm. And then like when, uh, when it was time to like farm kids, when it was time to cut hay, they didn't, they, they weren't showing up, you know, and everybody knew exactly where they were and what they were doing. And so when it came to a senior skip day or, or a, just a hockey skip day or whatever, as long as it's not a chronic thing, right? it's like, we know it's coming. Yeah, it's, we know these kids aren't going to be here this day. So we're just going to do our thing. It's like, yeah, for one day, half the fucking class is gone because right. they're all doing this thing. But senior skip day was always awesome. We, we went, um, not always. I only went to, I went to two of them cause I went to my own and then, um, my ex-wife, um, we went to hers too because we had met our junior year in high school. And uh, one of them, we drove way the fuck up in the mountains to this hot springs, rented a bunch of cabins and shit. And uh, like, nobody's going to find us up here. We know what's up. So we were up there. And it's probably like one or two in the morning. And all of a sudden, this fucking cop. And of course, we're all drinking. Mm -hmm. You know, this cop starts rolling through the campground. It's like, what the, f I mean, we're like an hour and 45 minutes away from school, from our own town. Yeah. 
this cop's rolling through the campground. It's like everybody just fucking scattered. And then it's like, oh, that's Justin's dad. <laughs> <laughs> so Justin comes walking out, you know, and he's, and he's talking to his dad. And his dad was just like, you guys behaving yourselves? He's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Some dude just is bleeding in one of the cabins because <laughs> he got in a fight and his fucking eyes all cut open and shit. And he's like, yeah, we're good, Dad. Don't worry. He's like, all right, just behave. And then he left. Huh? It was like, it was just, they knew nobody was driving. Right. You know, we we're all way out in the woods at this hot springs had camper or cabins and tents and shit. And it was all like. You know, we knew that the parents didn't care as long as we weren't being stupid, you know, and being stupid means driving. Right. You know, and, and so it was it was never really too big of an issue, I don't think, for, for our schools. Yeah. I don't think it was senior skip day wasn't bad. I mean, we were around here, so, you know, we'd go to, like, Devil's Lake and shit like that. So. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like Devil's Lake is right down the fucking road. Yeah. You know, so it's like somebody's going to see you there. Well, I didn't go to Baraboo, but, yeah. It's well, close enough, close yeah. enough to the road. Well, yeah, I mean, the people... Oh, so you weren't here. Okay. I was thinking like people from Baraboo, like if you go to Devil's Lake and it's, it usually is towards when the, when the weather gets a little bit nicer yeah. out, you're all out there swimming at the lake and then all of a sudden. Like, yeah. If you're, if you go to Baraboo and you do a senior skip day and you go to Devil's Lake, like that just seems like the obvious play. Yeah. Like why would, like, and why, why would you go there? You need, I mean, yeah, that's not even there, adventurous. No, go there somewhere else. Go yeah, there on another day. You got to, you got to go someplace exciting if you're yeah. going to do a skip day, make it worth your while. So yeah, got it. You were talking earlier, one little funny story. Um, then we're going to need to take a little break. Uh, you're talking about when you snuck out with your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> so my, uh, I was a soft, I, I was a junior. She's a sophomore. So um, I used to pick her up before we go to school. Mm -hmm. So um, we didn't call in, but, but generally like, it, it 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 was a time when the school really didn't call your parents as much just to they had too much shit going on. Sure, and it was just like eh, they're not here, whatever. So I went and picked her up at her house, like I always did, going to school, you know, driving along. Except we went back to my house, <laughs> and um, my dad uh, he worked in the timber industry, so he always left at like four thirty in the morning. So it's like. He got he usually gets home like two thirty, three thirty in the afternoon. I think, Dad, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so it's like today's gonna be a good day. <laughs> <laughs> so we're hanging out the house and we're just like just chilling, watching some movie or something, and uh, it starts raining out. So some part of me, the intelligent part, was for some unknown reason, completely shut the fuck off. <laughs> I had no intelligence in my brain whatsoever going on at this moment. But when it rains, my dad gets rained out mm, and he yeah. comes home. So about, I don't know, an hour into this rain, I hear my dad pulling in the driveway. Of course, my truck's sitting there. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, quick go downstairs so she runs downstairs and goes into my sister's bedroom in her closet she's sitting in the fucking <laughs> closet behind the clothes and i'm i'm downstairs in my bedroom which is the opposite room right and uh my dad comes downstairs and he's like what's she doing 
And I go, ah, it didn't feel good today. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he walks into my, I don't know how he did it. He walked into my sister's room and he goes, you can come out of the closet now. <laughs> and I'm like, motherfuck. And he looks at me, he just shakes his head and he goes, get your ass to school. Nice. So we got out of, we got, went to school and, and, and of course I didn't make her walk because I lived away yeah. from school and it was raining. So we showed up together and I'm like, oh, you go that way and I'll go this way. So, um, I got home from school and talked to my dad and he goes, what the fuck are you thinking? He <laughs> goes, were. at least he goes, just be smart enough to understand if it's fucking raining, I'm coming home. <laughs> he's like, he's like the instant the rain started, you should have went, Oh yeah, not today. He's like, but just be smarter next time. <laughs> Gee, that's awesome though. That's yeah. a good response. Yeah, well, it was. And I, I, teenagers aren't smart. No, not smart. Fuck no, we're not smart. I used to, um, I must've been 16, maybe 17 and, uh, same girlfriend. So she just lived with her dad and her dad was kind of a fucking asshole. And he and I were like, we were okay, but he was always like the dad. You're like, I'm kind of scared that you'll flip shit. And frankly, uh, and he's never going to listen to this. He was kind of a dick to her, Mm -hmm. right? Single daddy's doing his best, but he was kind of a fucking dick. Um, But he had a similar job where he would go to work at like, you know, 4am. And so, so he'd go to bed really early. So I'd be over there. We'd be hanging out and, you know, he'd go to bed and it's like eight o'clock and, you know, then it's like, okay. And then, but he'd let me stay. So it's like nine o'clock. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to leave. So I'd go park my car two blocks down the road, walk back, spend the night. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. As long as he doesn't walk into your bedroom, we're good. <laughs> Dude, you're living on the edge. Well, yeah. You kind of, I mean, I, it's like that's taking a risk. And chances are he's not going to. Right. If it, it was, if she had a mom there, then it might be a different story. But yeah. You know. So, my, oh, my brother. Okay. This is funny shit right here. I don't know if my brother's going to listen or not. And I don't, I don't think he's going to care if I tell the story. So he's got a teenage son, right? And, uh, he would, um, I don't know how it went, but it, at some point, my brother got a call from his neighbor, and he's like, hey, you might want to tell your kid to close the curtains in his bedroom. Oh. So his girlfriend would come sneaking around to his bedroom, crawl in through the window like every fucking day, and the neighbor would just watch, just see her cr- crawling in the window, and then they'd sit there and do what they were doing, but they fucking left the window uh. curtains wide open to the bedroom. So, so it's just like, you just, kids are fucking dumb. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like, if you're a teenager and it comes to getting laid, there is nothing that's going to make you smart at that point in time. Like every, I mean, for especially boys. Yeah. I think there's like, it just, we're just ignorant when it comes to that. At that point in, in the day, forget about it. All brain cells are in, in other directions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. It's like, it's, uh. Dumb teenage years. Well, um, what was the phrase? Uh, my dad used to say, "Young, dumb, and full of cum." That was his. <laughs> that was his phrase when he came to talk about me and my cousins when we were teenagers. He just say that's he'd say all the time. That was his phrase. Yeah. It was like, and it was. I mean, it's it's true. It's just yeah, it's mean, just fucking true. I mean, it's like you're thinking with the wrong head. Yeah, and it's and it's all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. When you hit 13, 14 years old, it's like, I, it's all I can think about. It's like I'm sitting in class and it's just like getting uncomfortable in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, God damn. Okay. 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 Before, before you go take a break. Okay. How fucked have you had 
Okay. 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 Like non-sexual though. Like, have you just had the sporadic arousal erection? Like when you're a teenager, just like when you're like you're sitting in class, you're literally thinking about math. And then suddenly you're like, what the fuck? Yep. And you're rocking a hard on? Yeah, it's the fucking worst. It is. I was just going to say the same fucking thing. That is the worst. Because you can't do anything. No. You know, Sit there. Pray to fucking God they don't call on you to stand up and do something on the chalkboard. You know, because then it's like, and you see, I've seen it in, in TV shows. I've never seen it in real life. But you see the kid stand up and he's all half hunched over when he's walking. Never had to do it. But that was my worst fear in the world. Because, dude. I got to say, like, girls got to deal with a lot of shit. But until you've had to deal with having a hard on in the middle of, like, middle yeah, school for no science reason. class <laughs> out of nowhere, and it's just like, yeah, it's, um, I mean, you could say it's no reason, but it's like, it, 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 okay. that, at you that time. You weren't you, actively thinking anything sexual. Well, no, but, like, at that, for me, at that age and at that time in my life, like, I could look at a girl's hair. And be like, whoa! <laughs> and it okay. was just—it was just like talking about sniffing hair over here. Even the well, but even the <laughs> smallest little hint of 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 like femininity or sexuality at all, it was just like a girl could look at me wrong. Sure, like, and it was just—I like, get that. But I'm specifically talking about like just just like just random random. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing. I'm writing an English paper on, I don't know what even, but World not War a II. not a sexual <laughs> thought in my mind. And suddenly I got a little something happening. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, it's, this, it's no different than like the morning ere- erection. Oh, yeah. Like that's Dude. the worst. When you wake up and you're rocking it. And, and you got to pee? You got to take a fucking piss. Oh, yeah. That's fucking worse, man. I got to sit Dude. down. I sit down. You're, I'm aiming up. How am I going to sit? <laughs> you got, huh? How are you going to sit? You got to handle it. You got to push it over there. No, get... fuck. Man, I, I don't know what happens at 42, but there's no pushing <laughs> down on me. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> I'm rocking. If if it's bad, I'm rocking like what are you the gonna lean shoot over. Yourself in the fucking eye or what? No, I'm doing this little lean over the thing and like hovering with a leg up type shit, or I'm just rocking a shower. Turn on that shower and just stand like let her fly. There's a drain. <laughs> That's awesome. You do what you gotta do. You do absolutely. But I will. I will try and just like lay in bed and. Wait. wait it out but that there's sometimes there's yeah. like i can't wait no, if i gotta, I gotta go no this. i just have to sit down i sit down and you got a little little forward lean no yeah there, there's no forward leaning no well, there is for me just saying yeah I mean, maybe, maybe because i'm an old man you take a jog but yeah that <laughs> <laughs> dude our right. future, and anybody that's ever gonna want to be a guest on our show is gonna hear this episode and be like eh, i think i'm gonna pass <laughs> <laughs> we're fucked we're fucked it yeah no it's worse though it is it fucking right. sucks man it sucks <laughs> all right push it you can't god no pushing it nope no wow you're fucking cutting granite <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go take a piss right, me too all, all right. right we'll be right back hey, hey we're, we're back, back. <laughs> um we went from talking penis talk to we were just talking about uh some of our favorite listeners out there apparently we have more apparently than three listeners. now we we've been we've been notified we have more than three so uh shout out to the health source crew dr michael tiana karen cole and uh 
Um, Ruthie's there sometimes, and sometimes Laurel's there. So I don't know. I just know the three main. Yeah, that you guys rock. You guys are awesome. Um, thanks for listening. They've been. Uh, Karen sent me a text. Offered me some Girl Scout cookies. Oh yeah, the other day. yeah. That, was from, that was from Karen. It was a full sleeve. No, she said I can't offer you a sleeve. I showed you the. Oh, thing, you, you did. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, was, it was. It was the uh, uh, the Samoas. Yep. Um, Caramel delights now. I know. I like Samoas better. I'm an old school guy. Yeah. I'm sure there's some kind of racial appropriation thing I going on there. That's but, why they changed it. But uh, I, I'm going to call it a Samoa just because, like, that's just what my brain goes to from when I was a kid. But uh, so we're talking about. Um, about them as being fucking awesome people and listeners of this and um and uh just really good humans and they um Dr. Michael runs a, a local chiropractic office here in Baraboo, Wisconsin, um called Health Source and um he's fucking awesome, man. Mm-hmm. He does amazing work. I've been going to him basically since I moved here. Okay. Um, years I've been going to see him, uh, back when he was actually running his chiropractic office out of the house that I live in now. It was, um, he's, uh, very, very talented. He helps a tremendous amount of people all the way down to the little babies. Like yeah, you were that's how about. we started about this is we take our little guys there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that, uh, um, your first pregnancy, your wife's first pregnancy with Lincoln that, um, had have an emergency C-section. Yeah. And uh, he was stuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which, in you know, backtrack is why we went to chiropractic afterwards. Yeah, and it's, um, did you notice when, um, like, as he was getting older, what made you decide to check out the chiropractic? Did somebody tell you about it? Did he have problems moving his neck? Like, how did that come about? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think at the time... uh, Angie was doing some stuff at the club. Okay. And and brought it up. Because okay. initially when we first went, um, Dr. Angie was there and she was working on Lincoln. Okay. Uh, and then we transitioned over to Dr. Dr. Michael. Michael. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, so he, you know, he was sunny side up as a cult. So he's facing up. Uh, my wife was in labor for quite a long time until they even realized this and uh, he was stuck. So everything was just kind of compressed and we had to go into a, a C-section and so, yeah, I think it was just one of those things where knowing all that compression, especially around the neck, mm-hmm. um, we just wanted to make sure everything aligned. And and honestly, it's just been kind of a regular thing. And But we you, we did notice, like, and it's amazing how these chiropractors know this. They're like, oh, does he always sleep on this one side or does he only turn onto this one side? Because he's really tight right here. And then mm-hmm. they'll make an adjustment and then he'll start turning the other way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I can see the differences here. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of, there's a, chiropractic gets a lot of bad press yeah they um like a lot of people don't believe in it and they think it's bullshit they think that they're just you know like a witch doctor or something trying to sell you some bullshit that you don't really need and and i've met people like oh every time i go to chiropractor i come back and i just hurt worse than i went before and and there are bad chiropractors out there there are people out there that you know they're just straight up backcrackers mm-hmm. you know and they'll torque you and twist you and crack and this and when you go to a good chiropractor, and I'm going to use Michael as an example, like he he makes sure you're loosened up, talks to you, gets the full lowdown on everything you're feeling, tests everything out. You know, especially on your first visit there, you, you get this whole long first visit just to check you out completely, and then 
he makes adjustments and he checks. He makes adjustments and he checks. And he's got this pneumatic like massage tool. He'll work on a spot to loosen up your muscles a little bit before he adjusts you, which is fucking awesome. Um, and then when you're done with your adjustment, um, he'll walk you through some some things you can do to take home with you. And then if you want, they have other areas in their office where you can get a little bit of PT mm-hmm. before or after your adjustment to help you work some of your, your, your stuff out. And it's such a great place to go. The environment there is so fucking awesome. Like they're always happy, always smiling and laughing and just so welcoming. Um, if you, if you go to a good chiropractor, I think it can change your life. Yeah. I think it can make a huge difference in your day to day. It, it, it has for me in my life because he has saved my shit so many times when I neglected going on a regular basis sure, and I'd show up sure. walking half sideways in, barely can walk and everything hurts. And every step I take is just like a zing all the way through my whole body. And he's just like, whoa, it's like, you're pretty jacked up. <laughs> I'm like, I am. As a matter of fact, I didn't, I'm glad you picked up on that. And then he's just like, all right, let's lay down. And he's straightened me out. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, Fuck. It's 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 incredible. It's incredible. I love it. There's like uh, so many things that that he can do to help me out. Um, that yeah, just have a high level appreciation for him and them and what they do. Yeah, absolutely. So, speaking, uh, talking about kids. Um, during that labor, when you were there, um, obviously next to Sam. What was that like for you with that twenty four hours or or twenty plus hours like? How did you feel um, just, like, being next to her? Like, what kind of emotions did you experience? Um, Like, helpless. Like, you're trying to comfort and, and encourage, but, it like, I couldn't do shit. And in, in Lincoln's case, so, you know, he was stuck. It was It was kind of a cluster, you know. She tried to get an epidural, mm-hmm. right? That's the word, yeah. Yeah. But it, it wouldn't hold. Like, so it wasn't like effective or it wasn't doing the right thing. And so the anesthetist was struggling to get Sam comfortable. And it was, it was just kind of all over. The nurses were amazing. The anesthetist was amazing. You know, they were hitting the right spots, but something wasn't doing what it needed to do. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that was just trans, if that was all because he was stuck, you know, right. If that just bypassed everything, like something was wrong. But, yeah, it was a lot of uh, helplessness. Honestly, a lot of worry. Like I found myself like watching the heartbeat monitor like they have on the baby. Mm-hmm. And like his heartbeat would range so much. It'd be like normal and I'd watch it for two minutes and then it would drop. And like I'm watching it drop and it would run. And then the nurses were transparent. They're like, yeah, we're monitoring it. We see it's dropping. It's just something we need to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And so it's, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great experience in that situation i think for me like i didn't realize how much i could really fucking love something that i've never even seen before Mm -hmm. until that moment like so so when when um when Connor's mom was pregnant with him. 
you go through the pregnancy. I don't know about you, but it's like first happens, you find out it's really exciting. And, and it's like, it's still kind of not real, you know, cause nothing's really changed. Right. right. Other than maybe she's, you know, obviously she's not drinking anymore or whatever, but other than that, like everything's pretty much the same, you, you know, and then you kind of read, you read the books, what to expect when you're expecting, cause it's your first kid and all these things go to the first doctor's appointment. And, and it's like, yeah, okay. But we're still going about our day as normal. Right. And then you see like her body start to change and she gets a little bump and it's like, oh, it's a baby bump. It's pretty exciting. And then your friends want to like touch your belly, which is kind of weird. <laughs> There's always that weird thing. It's like, can I touch your belly like other people? You know, it's like I, I, after after experiencing it like through my ex-wife, I don't want to touch people's bellies. Right. <laughs> it's like, but, but it's weird. Like grandmas, especially grandmas, I want to touch your belly. But anyway, so you see that like uh, uh, her belly growing stuff, and then and then like for for us, I should say for me because I can't speak for her. Obviously, um, it's like then it's like starts to affect your sleep a little bit, and then and then maybe she's a little nauseous a little more often. So then there's certain like foods that only she wants to eat, and then it starts to change a little bit more, and then it's like really affecting the sleep, and then like like carrying heavy shit and buying different clothes and all that stuff mm. and. You know, and but then there's like you can put together the baby room and you put together the crib, and so like my father-in-law, who was a, a amazing craftsman, he hand built this crib and this cradle um, out of pine logs for my son, mm. and it was like he built this; he could raise it and lower it, and it had the sliding arms. It was really fucking cool. Like, um, and so like there's all that excitement. So we, um, we had Connor at home. Okay. And, uh, so we had a, a midwife, um, or some people will say a doula and, um, she had a helper. And so then, uh, Anna went into labor and, uh, um, everything, like all of our friends came over. Like it was like a party. Yeah, really? Yeah. It was like my, uh, it was obviously her and I, and then my mother-in-law and then my father-in-law, and then um, one of her best friends, Rena, and then um, and then I think my buddy John was there, and our other friend was there, and then Rena's son, little boy named Wyatt. Everybody was just like, it was like a whole family thing, mm. you know? So, like, we were in the one room of the house, and everybody else was just hanging out. Cooking, eating, talking, laughing, watching movies, and it was just like, and they'd come in and check it, you know. And it was like this long process, but it was all. It just felt really natural, which was exactly what we were shooting for. Was this more natural sure. feeling? No hospitals, no beeping, no like no stirrups, none of that stuff. Um, and then uh, as time went on and the labor prolonged, um, it was like, okay, so this is taking a while. But everything still seems to be okay, you know. And then he got stuck. Mm. And he, he had this huge fucking melon, mm -hmm. you know. And he's stuck. And I, they didn't say any words like sunny side up or anything. He was just stuck. Um, and uh, when he got stuck, I could feel a little, like, a little different energy from the midwife and her assistant. Like I could see the way they looked at each other was there was just a little more urgency, yeah. you know, and it's like they were fucking awesome 
and they didn't express the urgency in the way they spoke, but I was like hyper aware yeah, of everything. Yeah. And, um, and so they would just glance at each other, you know, and then just give a little nod. It's okay. You know, and then, and then they talked to me and they talked to, uh, um, and talked to Anna and, uh, and then when, uh, when she got his head out, then his shoulders got stuck even worse. And he started to change colors. Mm. And it was like, holy fuck. It was, uh, first off, to any future dads out there, <laughs> when they tell you to hand, give your hand to the mother to hold on to, <laughs> don't give them the hand with the wedding ring on or at least take your ring off because they'll break your fucking fingers. There's a strength <laughs> that comes from somewhere deep inside that will cripple your ass if you're not careful. So... Little little word to the word to the wise, <laughs> um, and so uh, he's stuck, right? And and now now things were getting a little more n- nervous, mm-hmm. and I could hear it in the midwife's voice and her assistant's voice that okay, um, we may have a situation. It's gonna be okay, but we may have a situation here. So now's the time we really need to get him. We need to get him out, like now. And, uh, so we're going to give it everything we got. And, um, and so the whole house is experiencing this, right? The whole family's there and all of our best friends are there and they're all experiencing this. And, uh, um, Anna to her, whatever, uh, uh, and what word I'm looking for benefit or what, not benefit, but to her credit, credit, credit. Thank you. She was super cool. She was like way calm, mm-hmm. and I I don't have no fucking idea how, but she was, um, and so uh, we in the process of pushing him out through his shoulders, he had turned blue, and so um, the midwife's like, all right, someone, someone needs to call a paramedic, just in case, because we might need him. So they call the paramedics and. Uh, he comes out and he's totally blue and his little chest was like when he would take a breath, it was like a breath. It felt like once a once every 30 seconds mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. and it would inflate. And then when he would let it out his breath, it would sink all the way down. It's like it was moving like inches for just this little tiny baby. And the midwife's like, all right, you need to talk to your baby. You need to rub his hands and feet and talk to him and tell him it's going to be okay because he needs you right now. And I am a fucking disaster. Like, I can't even talk yeah. through the tears and the sobbing because it's like, I thought I was going to lose my son. And oh, it's even hard for me to talk about. <clears throat> um, and to her credit, she's like, hey, Connor. It's okay. Come on. Time to wake up. Come see the world. Everybody's waiting for you. And I'm like, (laughs) I could not keep my shit together at all. And so finally his color started to come back. He's getting a little bit of pink. And and then it's like, just at this time, (laughs) 
a fucking full-blown ladder one fire truck pulls up in front of my house firemen an ambulance with emts and they come flying upstairs right so they hit the door my father-in-law he's at the room down at the other end of the hall the doors are facing each other but they're about 20 feet apart he fucking passes out (laughs) he fucking passes out cold on the floor he saw the fireman come in the door and it was like bam right on the floor so they come busting through, right? And they see this old guy laying on the floor and, and the, they're running that direction. It was like, no, he's fucking <laughs> fine. Leave him alone this way. So they brought him in. And by then, Connor was crying. Yeah. He was awake. He had his color. He was alert. He was nursing. And the firemen were just like, super cool, you know? And they're like, okay, you know, they checked his vitals and everything. And, and uh, they went on their way and like, we had this big feast. And it was, uh, we shall have a feast. It, it was, man. It was like so fucking crazy, though. Yeah. Like, that's, um, I don't, I, I don't know what it feels like to be a mother giving birth. Oh. And, um, honestly, I think I'd do it. I think if, like, if I had the opportunity, like, if there was like a thing where you could, switch bodies or something i think i would do it because i would i i have a fucking huge appreciation for women carrying that baby and doing that but it's like to to know it i can't imagine how fucking magical it's got to be just just like how um how incredible that process has got to feel like there's got to, there's, I mean, there's nothing as a man I could ever compare it to. Right. You know? And so it's like, I think I would probably do it, but, um, I'm going to leave that one to be, <laughs> to be them. Of the um, yeah, but it's, yeah, to their credit, it's like, absolutely. So like the whole process. So before Lincoln, um, we had a couple miscarriages. Yeah. And so, like when, when we got pregnant again with Lincoln, um, there was just that hesitancy to be excited. Mm, yeah. Cause we were kind of, you know, we had been through this road a couple times here already and it's ended in heartbreak. And so we're, it was a cautious excitement, I guess is the way I'd, I'd phrase it. But as you mentioned, similarly, it's like, it's not quite real, but I don't know if that realism was because we, we're expecting the worst or if it was just because it's not quite real yet. Right. Um, I will say I gave a lot more back massages <laughs> during that. And I think I said this once that I'm a, a relatively highly sexual man. <laughs> I, okay, this is wrong, but I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. When she was pregnant, I couldn't do it. it I, there's, it's, I don't want to like... No, you don't want to be jabbing him in the head. Exactly. I can't do it. I just couldn't do it. All right. I couldn't do it. I had to talk to my doctor about it. I'm like, is this fucked up? And they're like, nah, it's natural. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't. I know what you mean. I know. It's, it's fucking weird. It's especially with your first kid. It's like... Yeah. Like in the, like in the first stages. Yeah. No problem. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But like once the belly's there and like, oh yeah, feel my belly. You can feel, feel the child moving. We didn't know if it was a boy or girl. We didn't find out. Like, yeah, but we're not going in there. <laughs> we're not doing it. And uh, yeah, and then I feel like we were excited at first once Sam went into labor 
And as it drug on, like I got a little bit more nervous. And like you mentioned, it's like you just notice like the nurses, like their unspoken urgencies, right? Yeah. And um, and so poor Sam, you know, the anesthetist is trying to get her to be comfortable because she she went that route, which awesome. Um, but it wasn't working how she wanted to. And then when we found out we had to go into a C-section, the doctor's like, hey, nothing is abnormal here. You know, it's pretty routine, but we're going to have to go this route instead, you know, assuming you want to and you don't want to continue continue this. But, you know, at this point, the baby's heart rate is dropping pretty regularly and we're not progressing anywhere. We're just kind of stuck. Um, but then once they got Sam in the operating room, like all that uh, tension? No, the anesthesia stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, the epidural. Like all of it kicked in, but like she couldn't feel herself breathing. Holy. So it was like fuck. on the upper side of her. So she's kind of free. So they bring me in and she's like, I can't breathe. And they're like, you are breathing. And she goes, I can't feel me breathe. And so she's kind of freaking out. Oh my out. God. But she's kind of out of it at this point. And she's like all that stuff that's supposed oh, to be preventing shit. the pain down low is like yeah. blocking her her mid her upper section. Instead. I can't so she, imagine what that feels so like. She's like, I can't breathe. And so she, so everyone's trying to like multitask here and I'm just in the middle of this thing. And, uh, and then the, 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 the surgery went without issue and they said it was a boy and then everything was great and fine and dandy. And how long, it, how long did that last where she couldn't feel like she wasn't breathing? Like the whole thing. But then I, I think she just net like, and everyone's like, you are breathing. I know it doesn't feel like it. We can put an oxygen mask on you, but you are breathing. You are absolutely fine. You have great oxygen, you know, mm -hmm. percentages or whatever. Um, but then once Lincoln was born and they moved him up onto her chest, like, forget it. No one cares anymore. At that yeah. Point. Yeah. And then everything was good. Wow. Now he had, he had just a giant fucking cone head because he was wet. <laughs> yeah. He had like this big head and then this like, <laughs> cone did he you like worry a fucking unicorn, when you dude. saw him did you were yeah, like, like is that gonna go back they made they were even making comments like that's a big cone head but it, it went away i will say so our first child you know was in a hospital and we had so many people come visit us which is great but it's like i wouldn't do it i wouldn't have done that again no it was just too much too many people come to visit yeah no it was and people are respective or respectful mm -hmm. but it was just it was constant and you could just tell sam was exhausted yeah, and do you was this the second your second? So our second kid Wesley was a COVID COVID baby. Yeah, so no one got a chance to come in anyways, mm -hmm. which was kind of nice. But we were in and out quick. The delivery was quick. The delivery was quick. So Sam, we we're two weeks early. Her water broke. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh shit. Okay, I didn't even have bags packed. What the fuck kind of? father are you to i thought we prepared. had two weeks you can't count on two two weeks got a, a month whatever and ah. it doesn't matter it all worked out so and <laughs> we had to call sam's mom and we weren't ironically the second child we weren't urgent at all i was like oh yeah okay water broke mm -hmm. yeah i'll pack some bags call your mom she'll be up here in an hour we'll make our way in yeah and she was only in labor for like four hours and naturally gave birth to our second child so if the second one wasn't a covid baby we wouldn't have let as many people in. We would have invited parents. Okay. Do you think it would have, I mean, Lincoln's birth was so traumatic yeah. and so long and exhausting. Do you think 
had his had the first one not been so long and exhausting, you would have had that thought like about not inviting people. Maybe, in? maybe not. But we wouldn't have had to stay an extra night either, right? Um, so with Wesley, I think we were in the hospital a total of thirty hours, and we were out. Okay. So with COVID, I couldn't leave the room. They, I got to go in. Yep. But I couldn't leave the room. So everything like food wise had to be brought to us. And so I was just in the room for 30 hours. So I think we went in, we went into the hospital at like midnight. Wesley was born at like four 30 and then we spent the day. Mm -hmm. And then the next day we were out at the door and we left at 8 AM. So we spent one, yeah, one, night. one night. Yeah. yeah. So 30 hours in a hospital room. Yep. It's uh. And we would have left earlier, but they had to do 24-hour blood work on Wesley. And Sam's doctor wasn't in until 8 a.m. to give her the go-ahead to leave. Oh. That's the only, like, we literally followed the doctor out the door. Like, yeah, we're, we're coming. We'll see ya. Yeah. Well, at that point, it's like, get me the fuck out of here. Oh, exactly. You know, it's like, we want to be in our own bed, in our own space. So, labor-wise, Wes, our second child, went so much smoother. It was a lot better experience. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh. I thought it I thought it was gonna be a girl. I thought there was a sign from God. <laughs> what was the sign? So we had so neither child we found out the gender. Mm -hmm. It was gonna be a surprise to us. And so going into Wesley, my second child, we had names picked out and I really for a girl like the name Lena. Okay. I thought it was pretty. I don't know. Here's the problem. I work with a lot of kids. I get a lot of preconceived thoughts on names. Oh, sure, because you so, associate a name with a kid. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really difficult to find a name for me that I haven't met a kid and I already have a thought on. And yeah. So, Dude, I never thought about that. I get It's got to be like that. What about teachers? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, so we had Wesley and Lena, and Sam was in labor, and the nurse was like, oh, so you don't know if it's a boy or a girl? I'm like, nope. She goes, oh, do you have names picked out? I'm like, yeah. And I was like, okay, what, if it's a boy, what's the name? I'm like, Wesley. And you're like, oh, it's really cute name I'm like yeah i'm gonna call him wes i'll be honest i'm not gonna mm, call him wes yeah um she goes what about a girl i'm like uh lena she goes how'd you think of that name I'm like, i don't know anyone named lena and it's really pretty and she goes um it is my, my grandma's name is lena what i'm like what she goes yeah she goes she's like the only lena i know dude she goes i didn't know if there's a connection there and i'm like no i just don't know anyone with that name i thought so instantly i'm like oh yeah fuck yeah it's gonna be a girl dude if and i didn't know if wesley existed i'd be like you're having a girl bro for and sure the nurse's <laughs> grandma's name is the same name and it's a unique name and we're like fuck yeah, yeah it's a girl like, it's a boy i'm like all right we're a boy family <laughs> damn oh yeah for sure that would have been that I'd have seen that as a sign. That's I, I, That's what I saw it as, and it was not meant to be. Oh, well. What are you so do? Sam's just surrounded by boys. Yeah. That's all right. She's good with it. She's a good mommy to boys. Yeah. yeah what do you, I mean, I think that everybody has, like, this idea, I, I think, anyway. my I shouldn't say it. My idea was, when I was having kids, was I wanted <clears throat> at least one boy and one girl, but... Three kids. Mm. So we had two boys right away, bang, bang. And then a daughter. And I was like, fuck yeah, done, baby. The youngest is going to be a daughter. The yeah. boys, are, boys will pick on her when she's little, but they'll be her protectors. Yep. Done. Easy peasy. All right. I went to the doctor. I'm like, yo, doc, time to do the old snippy snip. And, um, and I was in my 20s still. And he's like, uh, 
I don't know if you really want to do this. I'm like, Doc, I've got three kids, two boys <laughs> and a girl. I'm living large. Like, let's get it done. And he's like, well, maybe just think about it. It's like, go home, talk to your wife again, see if you really want to do this. I'm like, I know I want to do this. <laughs> and she's like, and the doctor's just like, I, I get it, but it's our job to tell you to, to think, think about, about it. it if you're in your 20s. It's just what we're supposed to do. Just think about it. Went home, talked to her. I'm like, I'm ready. And she's like, well. And I'm like, no, I'm ready. And she's like, well. <laughs> so then Dylan was born, our youngest boy. So we got boy, boy, girl, boy. And I'm like, like instantly I was in. Yeah. But as soon as he came out, my appointment, like, like he was delivered the baby comes out. I walked out of the room into the next OR. <laughs> and I'm like, get it done. Wasn't quite that quick, but that's what I wanted. It yeah. was like over. Um, but so interesting segue. Um, so when you get snipped, and I know we talked about this a little bit about the actual procedure and how it happened to me. But um, so when, you, when you're done getting your snip snip, They'll tell you that like you may you may find like uh, like a small knot or something where the because they cut the vas deferens. Actually, they they put two metal clips on it. Then they cut it and they cauterize it, mm. so it's like a double layer of protection. They got the clip, and and then they got the cauterization, and then and then. No, what they want to happen is that the vas deferens actually separates and it like kind of backs away from each end. Mm. There are like, it's like one in, I don't know how many thousand cases where it'll actually grow back together. Sure. So I, I, everybody I think has heard of that thing where it's like a guy gets a vasectomy and then five years later, 10 years later, he has a kid. Mm -hmm. It's like, how the fuck does that happen? Our body's designed to heal. So if they don't, like I think those are mostly when they just cut it, cauterize it, and then separate them, and then they'll find it's find its way back together. Sure. Um, so that happened, and it was like okay, fine. Um, and uh, just so dudes, this is where I'm going to go. This is about men's health because this is something that came up for me recently. Um, like a lot of breast cancer gets talked about openly a lot. Right. Um, testicular cancer doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, and, and like, I think there's a, a, a better communication between mothers and daughters about making sure you check about those things and women's doctors and women to make sure you check about those things. And honestly, men don't generally go to the doctor as much as women do. And so there's like less comfortability, but I did some, so I had a little bit of a, a worry and I, and I wanted to, I was in going to the doctor to get my knee checked out. Um, anyway, so I'm like, yeah, I should, I'm going to get this checked out too. I found a lump and, uh, and it's like, you know, I check them enough <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes for medical reasons and sometimes for other reasons, but I just, you know, just check them and, and it's important to check them. So what I found out in my, in my research around, because when I found a lump, um, it was like one in, uh, 
I think one in one in five thousand men gets testicular cancer. Okay. Um, one in ten thousand men uh, can die from testicular cancer. So it's it's not a high death rate if you get it. It's, it's like one in ten thousand who've had it. One of ten thousand who've had it. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not a high death rate. Um, so it's more, it's, 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 it's very treatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, uh, uh, it happens for middle age, younger and middle age men more predominantly. So like 33 to 55. Okay. Um, it's like 6% of men of, of, of testicular cancer cases is, are less than 33 and like 8% are above 55. So younger and older, it doesn't happen as much. Um, but, uh, that's like your age group. So dudes, you should be checking out your junk just like, you know, feeling it half the time anyway, when you're making adjustments and all that, just, just check it, mm-hmm. you know, feel around. It's, it's, it's important, you know, and, and then if you, if there is anything ever, so there's a lot of kind of, you can have abnormalities that are not life threatening. You know, sometimes you just, it happens. Sometimes they're uncomfortable, but you know, it's, it's not every time it's not cancer. Right. Um, especially if you've had a vasectomy. So, um, a few months ago for me, I noticed something and it's like, okay, so I did a little bit of web MD, but try not to get too down too far down that rabbit hole because that's a dangerous fucking place. Um, and I went and saw the doctor and, uh, first off, I thought it was going to be super weird. Like, you know, when you're in high school and you're getting your, your uh, hernia check, your physical, <laughs> and it's like, it's always so fucking stressful. Like, when I had mine, it was so fucking stressful. It was horrible. But it was like, with this, it was very businesslike. Mm. It was easy. It was just like, yeah, drop your pants, check them out, let's do this, do that. Fine. Um, so that part, surprisingly, was not like, it wasn't as weird as I thought it was going to be. It sure. was just like... The guy was super cool about it. Very, like, uh, uh, like I said, professional, business-like. Told me everything he was doing while he was checking things, and it was over and before I even knew, you know. Um, so it was a uh, uh, because I had a vasectomy. Sometimes um, when you have a vasectomy, there's like a um, like I think he, he called it like a, a small. Uh, mass of like scar tissue almost oh, where sure. the where the vas deferens peeled back and and uh it's um it's perfectly normal and and so he said if i wanted to if it was really a peace of mind and it was freaking me out really bad we could go i could go in and get an ultrasound it says it's really non-invasive takes 10 minutes and you're done um but he's like, it's nothing that I think I, I have to worry about, which is great fucking news, mm-hmm. you know, um, because honestly, coming up to it, I was really trying not to stress about it because yeah. I, I don't want to I didn't want to do that. Um, but yeah, man, it's, um, you know, so I guess, honestly, I probably noticed something a long fucking time ago, mm-hmm. but um, I got some news, somebody in my family uh my mother, um, uh, she was diagnosed with lung cancer. And so it just kind of stuck in my head, you know, right. and it's like, yeah. it's like, it make the appointment. Right. It's just like, I just kept telling myself, it's like, just make the fucking appointment. Cause what's it, it can't hurt. And, and then at least you got a peace of mind. Yep. So, so like, yeah, either catch it early 
or have the peace of mind that it's nothing. I mean, right. Just get it looked at. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think, um, for me, and I, I can't speak obviously for all men, but I think men have a, a highly, a high, a less, what word am I looking for? A much less likely thought process to go to the doctor. Yeah. You know, they're not going to want to go to the doctor if they don't, if they're not in major pain or, or something seriously fucking wrong. It's like, ah, eh, I don't really need to. I'm yep. okay. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a dude thing. It's like, I'm fine. You know, don't worry about me. I'm fine. When it comes to going to the doctor, I don't know why, but it's the truth. I was like, I don't even know. Like they asked me who my primary care physician was. I know. I was like, I don't know. It's like, do I have one? Right. I'm like, um, do I have a, a file there? And they're like, well, you've only been here once in the last 10 years. So that primary <laughs> care physician has moved on a long time ago. And they're like, do you care if you have a male or female doctor? I'm like, I don't give a shit. Just give me someone who's going to take care of me. And so they just hooked me up with this dude. And, and it, yeah, it's like, now I know my, this Dr. Dave. There you go. <laughs> Dr. Dave is my primary care <laughs> physician. And 10 years from now when I go back, eh, I'm 43. So I got to go back in seven years and get the old check, check. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if Dr. Dave will be around then. It seems like doctors kind of move around a little bit. Well, I think there's a demand. Oh yeah, for sure. So, but go dudes, go get it checked out. Just, that's all I'm saying. It's like, you know, I understand we got super glue and stuff and we got bad cuts and duct tape and everything else, but you can't duct tape that shit. Yeah. You know, so I think kudos for wanting to get it looked at. I think it was, I knew it was on your mind. Yeah. You and I had talked about this before you went in and I think you had to talk to somebody about it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I just, um, gave, gave me a peace of mind, you know, and as cool as I can play it that I'm, that I'm not being worried about it at the same time yeah you were worried. I, I was worried about it fuck yeah you know so. you it's um it could it's i i didn't like go down the analyze my whole life rabbit hole like i wasn't doing that <laughs> <laughs> but it's still it was like it's like so when if you if if i did have testicular cancer the 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 first and obvious treatment is removal of the testicle yep so they, they go in, make an insertion, pull it out, and then they'll give you the option yeah. of having a prosthetic or not. So this is funny. I was going to ask the same question. So if they had to remove one, would you would you go with the fake? Oh, yeah. Yeah? For sure. Yeah, I would. Is it going to be weighted evenly? Well, they, they, they'll, like, measure it. Okay. You know, they'll, like, I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but they, they'll measure the other one, and they'll match it as best they can. And it's actually, it's a it's a sack filled with saline yeah that's all it is saline filled little little nugget they mm. put it in there but i totally would i would because um it would if i didn't i just feel like it would be imbalanced yeah like you'd have one but not the other and it, i think it would just be like there would be like even the way my my amazing sacks underwear would fit i think that it would be there would be an imbalance yeah so i would that would you I think so as well. Yeah. It's uh, um, like if you're like, hmm. if there's just removing one, yeah, for sure. Have the balance. Like what if they have to remove both? I'd still do it. I think so too. Yeah. I'd I think still it's do just it. part of it. Yeah. It, I mean, if it wasn't possible, then fucking just got to deal with it. But if it's possible, then yeah, I would, because I guess there would just be a, uh, something's missing. Yeah. You know, this is like, okay, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put something 
in there so it feels like a little more natural. Now, I, if you lose one, your T levels drop. If you lose both, your T levels don't exist. Mm-hmm. And so then it's it's like instant testosterone therapy. And it's like, uh, you, dude, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, ability to be aroused. It's sexual activity. It's, um, muscle mass decreases, um, energy decreases. Our testosterone does some fucking wicked shit for us every single day. And it's like, I think maybe it's not something that I don't really, I don't ever remember discussing testosterone with yeah, anybody either. when i was like in bi- like in anatomy or anything or what what class would that be biology sexual yeah, sex ed well it, <clears throat> they've, they've never talked about it really yeah but like our testosterone is so fucking important to our our daily existence at, like um as men mm-hmm. you know it's like it contributes to just about every function of our body and if it's gone it's like <clears throat> This reading about it um, when I was doing my research, it just really fucking can mess you up bad. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, then you have to commit to a lifetime of supplement, right? Yeah. Yeah. Injections or creams. Yeah. Yeah. Testosterone therapy, testosterone supplementation therapy. Yeah. So, is that it? That's an injection? There's different ways. There's injections, oh. there's creams. They said that there's pills, but the pills don't work very good. They don't get absorbed. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think most people just go with the injections because it's it's easy, it's quick, and it's you know it gets a it's more in, right instant into the, right. into the stream. Um, but uh, it's uh, on the flip side of that, if like you're a young man and uh, um, you're producing normal amounts of testosterone, and you start taking testosterone, extra t- testosterone to like like say you're lifting weights mm-hmm. or, or whatever you want to, you want to like beef up your manliness. I, if once you hit certain levels of it, what I understand is that, um, you can't stop because your body oh, will, will stop naturally producing the testosterone oh. because you're adding to the body. So you're kind of pumping it up. And I, and, and then as you pump it into your body, your body's like, okay, there's enough right now. Right. So I don't need to make as much. And slowly you're just, your body will start offsetting mm-hmm. how much you're putting in. So I think that's where like the, the big roid heads, like they would be shooting so much roids to keep up because their body stopped. But if your body gets to a certain level, it won't ever recover and continue and and return to those natural levels of testosterone. So then you're on it for life. Yeah. And, uh, don't be on that for life unless you have to be. No, man. So don't no. put yourself in that situation. What? Yeah. Well, what happens at, yeah, all of a sudden you can't get it. Right. You know, what does that mean? It's like, it's, a. Uh, uh, I just wonder what that feels like to just be the void, have a void of testosterone. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Imagine, I guess, like when you're, when I'm 80, there'll be a lot less testosterone because this body just naturally reduces, you know. Well, I think the body does what it does for a reason. So just let it do its thing. It's usually pretty good at it. It does. Um, I will say, I've, I've heard like, um, if you want to maintain healthy, high levels of testosterone as you age into your 40s, 50s, and 60s, um, 
like lifting weights, like like lifting weights, not just running or exercising, but actual weight lifting mm-hmm. um, helps contribute to keeping higher, oh, sure. higher, healthier levels of testosterone because you're telling your body, we need these muscles. Right. This is really right. important. So we need to keep pumping the testosterone to them. And if, and so, and, and also lifting weights when you're older helps with your bone density too, I guess. So as you get older, you're telling your body, we need to keep healthy, strong bones stronger because we're still doing heavy, hard things with our bodies. And, um, like you'll, there's better chances of less, less frailty, more mobility, more vitality. If you switch from like doing more endurance kind of stuff like to cardio more cardio into yeah, and, and then doing more strength. like strength training. I think cardio is still really important because it strengthens yeah, I, your heart. Yeah. 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 I think they're just, I think, uh, the mentality is that it has to be a balance. Yeah. Like one primarily over the other isn't good. You need yeah. to balance that shit out. Don't just do cardio. Right. You know, don't just play pickleball. Well, you look at those like endurance runners and they're just like, they're skin and bones. Like they can run forever, mm-hmm. but there's nothing to them. Right. Um, speaking of that, um, have you seen, do you get Netflix, do you have Netflix? Yes. Have you seen the F1 documentary? No. Oh, so fucking good, dude. You got to watch it. I didn't even care about F1 racing. I was like, oh, they're fast cars, but they're kind of weird looking. The way the documentary is done. They, they, uh, it's three seasons and it follows three full years of F1 racing. And it's pretty fucking cool because the second season happened during the pandemic. Okay. So they're following it through the pandemic. And so all these, they, they've got like, uh, each, um, each episode, they kind of pick a team cause there's 10 teams and each team has two drivers. So they'll pick a team and they'll follow that team and the drivers and, and like the, the managers of the company and the owners of the company and the pit crews and they follow them around in day-to-day life. And, like, the, there's drama between drivers because it's always these young guys. And um, and then and then they'll finish the episode with a, with a race. And, they you know, they'll take a race that's however many laps, 90 laps or something. And uh, they'll, they'll compress it down to the most awesome parts of the sure. race. And it's like you can hear the, com- the commentation between the comments between the, the guys in the pit talking to the drivers. And, when, like, there's accidents and stuff. Um, it's just really, really well done. And it just makes me, I really like, I like F1 now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, oh, I just, I just learned so much. Um, yeah, I don't but think I've ever watched Formula One racing. The drivers are these little guys, right? They're super skinny. And, and it's like, you they're have like to be horse jockeys, not, not quite not that, as short, not short, but they're, but they're thin, they're light. Mm. Um, so, but in the, you'll see them training it'll show them pictures or a video of them doing different training exercises and they work out like fucking madmen you know they lift weights and they do band training but it's never like they don't want to ever bulk up but their fast twitch muscle fibers and everything they've got to deal with 220 225 miles an hour down the track and you got to make a 90 degree turn it's like you got dude their reaction time yeah it's crazy it's fucking crazy it's so crazy they're little tiny steering wheel and all the shifting is done on the wheel like paddles buttons there's like oh. 27 fucking buttons or something <laughs> on their steering wheel it's like a computer in their steering wheel it's so wild looking and, and it's like dun, 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 rear, rear, and it's just all these different things hmm. they do on their steering wheel and um it's a uh, uh 
So there's this one guy and he had this thing, this really cool thing. And it's like a, it looked like a tree of lights on a wall, right? And they're all little round LED lights. And you got to stand and staring at the wall and they're all right out to the edge of your peripheral vision. And, um, when one lights up, you got to touch it. Oh, sure. And, and then there's like high, low, and you touch with your feet and stuff. Um, and so it's like, it sinks your whole body and, um, and it's like, you got to do it in so much time or you fail. And it's like, this guy was like, I don't know. It was like a machine. It's like, pow, 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 foot, left foot, right foot, hand. And it was just like watching him do it. It was really incredible. I think it'd be fun to try that. Yeah. I think I would suck at it, but I think right. it'd be awesome to try. It just, it makes sense that, I mean, why don't, as we age, why don't we, we talk about exercising all of those little parts, you know, like we go to the gym, bench press, curl, do some shoulder presses. You do some, you know, lat pull downs, pull ups, push ups. We talk about the muscles and all those things, but those, those pieces of our, of our mind that keep everything in sync, Mm. you know, Mm. and it's not a, a, a real physical exercise, but I think it's really important. You know, it's like, I do this weird thing sometimes where I feel like I don't want, like when I first saw the first time when I couldn't read very well right in front of myself, like when I was looking at something yeah. close up, I was like, oh, I wonder if I could exercise my eyes yeah, right. and make them stronger, right? So sometimes like on my, on my lunch breaks at work, I'll pick something that's like right in front of me and then I'll look something at, across the road and then, and then another as far away as I could look and I'll try to focus on it. And then I'll, I'll bounce back three places and then forward three places. I'll do that like 10 times just to like, does I don't, it work? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. I'm just, I want to exercise my eyeballs cause I don't want them to go bad, bro. And so it's like, and it's not like, ah, if I have to wear contacts or glasses someday, that's fine. I will. But it's like, I just, I don't want to acknowledge that parts of my body are not working the same. So it's like, fuck this. I can exercise my eyeballs and I'm going to make them stronger. And I don't know if even that's how it works, but I don't know. That, I mean, it makes sense in theory. Yeah. Right? I, mean, I mean, you're yeah. exercising a muscle or an organ or whatever it is. Yeah. It's a muscle yeah. still, I think. I think what I is know. an eyeball? Didn't you tell me it was part of your brain? It is part of your brain, but like, like your, your heart is an organ, but it's also a muscle. Yeah. You know? So it's like, what's it, what's it? Uh, I don't know. A muscle. I would, well, I, would, I would think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Do either. you know any optometrists? I don't know. Do you go to the eye doctor? Fuck no. Me either. No. <laughs> the only eye doctor I go to is if I need to renew my driver's license and they can say, read the bottom line. <laughs> That's my eye doctor. That's it. Well, I haven't renewed my driver's license in a while. I don't remember. Well, they, they take, you got it for so long now. I know. It's crazy. It's like eight or 10 years or something. Isn't yeah. It? I mean, it kind of makes sense when you're younger that you shouldn't have to go in. I can, unless you're like moving, like if you move, you got to get a new license, mm-hmm. you know, but other than that. I don't Do you think, okay, let's sidetrack a little bit, but driver's license, here's something controversial. I think I know where you're going. Do you think there should be proficiency tests throughout your life in driving? Like physical driving proficiency? Like re- having to retake tests or like meet minimum standards. For instance, if I'm a 75-year-old person, you can barely see. Yes. I think for older, older people especially, I think there should be... It, once I don't know what the age is, maybe it's seventy five, maybe it's eighty or whatever. But every year, 
I think there should be a point where everybody hits a certain age where if you still want to drive every single year, you got to go in and take a test mm. to make sure. Because I had family members that should never have been on the fucking road. Yeah. And we see people. Oh, I see time. people all, all the time. time. Why is that person fucking driving? They shouldn't be. It's dangerous. You know, it's hard because I know when I'm 85 years thing, old. Right? Like, I, I don't want to get to that age and have to do it, but I, I understand. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I'll, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It's like, I'll be pissed. I'm sure if I'm 85 and someone's like, mm, maybe you shouldn't be driving anymore. I'm like, fuck you. I can drive, take away my, cause it's your freedom. Right. Right. It's like, if I want to go to the grocery store and I can't drive anymore and I'm old as fuck. Maybe it should be like a progressive thing. Like between 70 and 80, it's every two years and then 80 on it's every year or something. Yeah. Seriously. By the time I think we're 85, there's going to be autonomous fucking vehicles I would imagine. and shit that they're, they're going to take us. But I feel like it needs to be like a driving test. Like, I don't know if it's a driving test. Like, I feel like you know how to drive but more like a health thing. Like, do you know how fast you're actually going right now? Cause it's not very fast. Can you read that sign right there? Did you see that car you just pulled out in front of? Well, yeah, that's the thing. So is that a health or a driving? I think it's, I think it's driving, but I think it's an actual physical driving test. Once a year, you got to go in, renew your license, take the, take the written test and take a physical driving test. I don't know about the written test. Cause it's like, yeah. it, it's, it's just like, it's information that you can repeat or whatever. But if you're in the car driving. So when we were in San Diego, we got behind this lady and she was like, I don't know. Like pterodactyls were still around when this lady, (laughs) (laughs) she was like every intersection we came to, she stopped with no stop signs. And she'd stop. And there was like 20 fucking cars behind us. And she'd do 15 miles an hour to the next intersection and come to a full, complete stop. And it's like, fucking come on, lady. Like, yeah. I, you I have a sim- level of sympathy. I, yeah, I, I, I have sympathy, but then she, sh- but she shouldn't be on the road. No, and I feel, I feel bad for f- like feeling like you shouldn't drive, but it's like, come on, yeah, like you yeah. said, come on. There has to be a reasonable level. I was going to. Um, I was going to a high school basketball game with my grandpa. Did I tell the story? Mm, I don't think so. so. My grandpa would, would always attend the local high school basketball games, and um, he would invite me. So I'd go, and he would, like, I'll drive. I'm like, all right, whatever. And so he lives pretty close to the high school, but there's a well-known four-way stop on a direct path from his house to the high school. And so we were riding along, and he fucking blew the four-way stop. I'm like, you just ran a stop sign. He goes, no, I didn't. Like, what do you mean? No, you didn't. Yes, you did. He's so confident. And he goes, I've been living here for so long. He goes, I know where the stop signs are. I didn't drive past one. I'm like, uh, okay, well, I'm just gonna let you know you did. <laughs> well, that's the other part too. It's like, you're stubborn. Yeah. I think, I think I, I'm sure I will be when I get older. It's like stubborn. Like, Don't fucking tell me boy. And it's yeah. And he's, he's small town. Right. So, you know, when you pull up behind a red, chevy silverado with a topper and they're going 10 below the speed limit that's grandpa joe that's grandpa joe and he's just going to be cruising so yeah you know i uh, probably i don't know how many years ago it was but i figured out pretty quick like on sunday everything's going to be slower Mm. especially here and especially in the fall because like 
older people love to go on a Sunday drive yeah. after church and go look at the fall colors, yeah. right? But they're all doing 10, 15 miles an hour under the speed limit. And it's like, I just expect it now, you know, like, you know, the, they call them the fall peepers or whatever. Or, you know, we, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of a person called a fall really? peeper. No. Well, yeah, fall peepers. They're like, they're spring peepers and fall peepers. Spring peepers are like, I think, bird watchers and looking okay. for new flowers and stuff. And then fall peepers are people who go out and look for the fall colors. Okay. It's a big term up in Door County. I, oh, look right. look I, it up. I, I believe look you. Look it up. So have you ever gone on the interstate and all of a sudden you see this somebody doing like 40 miles yeah. an hour? Holy that's dangerous. shit. You come up on them quick. Yeah, yeah. That's like, that. that's the one where it really is a fear for somebody and not like just angry that this old person is driving slow. Is you like, and it's always like, this little old guy, and his head is barely above the dashboard. And he's clinging onto that steering wheel for yeah, life. Yeah, and his seat's, like, way jacked up right next to the steering wheel. And he's just looking, and he's and, and it's like, oh, man, like, you don't need to be out here. Yeah. Like, it. it so I think that's dangerous, and then I think uh, people who camp out in the left lane are dangerous. Oh, fucking, that's, but they say more traffic jams are caused by people who camp out in the left lane than anything else. Yeah, I agree. I, I can understand that. And I think that's the cause of a lot of road rage. Why don't people fucking get it? Just move over to the right lane. Yeah. It, I will say, I have I have done that. Like, if I'm jamming out or something, and I'm just kind of cruising, if I'm traveling across country, there are moments where it's like, oh, fuck, I got to get over to the other lane. You know, someone will come up behind me, and, and it's like, okay, yeah, okay, I got to move. But people who don't even fucking recognize. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I've been excuse my whatever. I've been stuck in the left lane because of aggressive drivers. Like if I if it's a two lane or I guess it would technically be a four lane, but if two lanes are going in my direction, yeah, and I'm passing a semi and the speed limit's sixty five and I'm going, you know, seventy would be my cruising yeah. speed. And someone's just riding my fucking ass and they don't even give me a chance to pass the semi yeah. before they cut the semi off and pass me. Mm-hmm. And then five cars behind them decide they're going to follow suit. So now I'm just stuck in the left lane because yep. everyone. And then you look like an asshole. Then I look like an asshole, but I'm just, I want to get You're over. stuck. Yeah. I just don't want to drive 80 miles an hour. You know, so I'm, I'm a defensive driver yeah. a little bit. And if someone's riding my ass around the corner to do something bullshit move and i know what's coming i'll fucking cut them off Mm. before they can even go to the right and they get pissed off because for whatever reason they're in this massive fucking hurry they got to go 90 Mm -hmm. but it's like i will i'll cut in front of them and make them go around me if i if i can you know but it's like yeah that left lane do you ever do you ever like (laughs) when someone's in the left lane and they're doing the speed limit in the left lane, and everybody else is doing five over. When I'm going five over, I'll go along, and I just want to look at them. Yeah. I'm like, what kind of fucking person sits in the left lane? I want to see your face and see what kind of human you are. <laughs> Who the fuck is just going to sit there? And they're so always, like 99% of the time, completely oblivious. Yeah. Completely oblivious. They, they don't even look. And I'm like right next to him, like watching him. Like, come on, look at me, <laughs> fucking! I want to give you the eye so you know to get the over. And they're just, they don't even look. Yeah. And then some people, I think, are just like, "Fuck you! I don't care. I'm staying in the left lane." And they know that the, that people, people want them. Some to. people are assholes, and that goes both ways. I was, uh, this actually was recent, and I, 
actually forgot about this because I made an effort to not remember. Um, by Devil's Lake, the on DL by Devil's Lake, the speed limit is twenty five. Yeah, and when it's nice out, the sheriff's department polices that because it's a tourist location. Yeah, and it's a straightaway. And I've been pulled over there before. Anyways, so <laughs> coming off my road on my house, there's a stop sign. Yeah. And so I stopped. And the guy behind me was just riding me this whole way from my house. Oh, my God. To the stop sign. Like, I wasn't going fast enough on a 25-mile-an-hour speed limit. I was going 30, I think, maybe even 32. I'm like, bro, I'm not going to go 40 to appease you. Uh so I fu- stopped, and I made a full stop. I didn't do a rolling stop, mm. and there's no car coming to my left, so I made a right turn, and I didn't accelerate fast enough. This guy didn't stop at the stop sign. He kept going, and he's riding me, and now I'm going on DL, 25, so I'm going a solid 30. Well, that wasn't fast enough, so I'm riding. He's riding me. So I get to the top of DL, and if you don't know this, traffic from your right doesn't stop. Yeah. But in front of you, there's a stop, there's a road, if you go straight, that has a stop sign. And to your left is the entrance to Devil's Lake. Which is one way. But there's a stop sign if you make a U-turn. Yeah. So I looked to the left to make sure there wasn't a car at the stop sign. Yeah. And the guy pulls up to me and he's looking at me. And I don't know if he thought I was looking at him like, why the fuck are you tailing me? But he gives me the finger. What? I'm like, what is your... you? I'm sorry you're having a bad day, dude. Yeah. Dudes like that make me laugh. I just laugh like at you, him. You must be so such in such a hurry... Or you're just having such a bad day that you have to do that? Like, good luck, man. Good luck. I got better things to worry about. That's big of you. That's big of you to be able to look at that situation. Because it's it's like, it's it's easy to tell him to fuck off, you know. But just to be like, okay, guy's probably having a bad day, you know. Like, like I, whatever it is you're going through sucks to be you and go do your thing, you know. It's like, yeah, it doesn't impact me. No, it's just like, I, I, I like the, I just, I. Most times I just laugh at them because I think it's just funny that someone's fucking underwears in such a bunch that they just can't handle it, yeah. you know, and they feel like they got to lash out. Um, but yeah, it's like that whole, I can't, I'm not going to say I've never rode somebody's ass before. Oh, I have, you know, yeah. but, but like if someone's, if someone's doing, if I'm doing five to seven miles over the speed limit. Yeah, there's you, no reason. You don't got to be all the way up my ass. No. There's no reason for it. You know, it's like, give me a car length at least. And as soon as I get an opportunity, I'm going to get out the fucking way because obviously you got places to go. Yeah. But it's like, it's well, uh, And I'm more cautious. There's two spots where I don't speed and I come to full spots, full stops. One is on DL because I rolled the stop sign there once and I got pulled over for it. All right. <laughs> Learn my lesson. Not yeah. going to do it. The other time where I will not speed is when you're coming down the hill by Pierce Park. Oh, yeah. Those guys will fucking peel They're you They're right sitting there in the parking lot. All the time. So yeah. I purposely, on the hill, will break to be exactly 25. I will not even go 30 there because I've been pulled over there for speed. On both ends. Yeah. There's just, you know, every, I think everybody has that, that place in their town that, like, they know it's always a speed spot. Yep. Always. And people speed there, and they always nail everybody there. And, and it's like, there's, there's always, so I watched a, a video, this, um, this, this girl, she got pulled over in a speed trap, was given a hefty ticket. And, uh, so she turned around, went home, made a sign that said speed trap ahead, went down the road a half a mile or a mile from where the cops were sitting 
and she stood on the side of the road with a sign that says speed trap ahead. They fucking arrested her. What? They arrested her for obstruction or some shit. Because, you know, it, it's like, there's like fucking, there's laws that apply to cops that, do, that don't apply to anybody else. Like fucking nobody. It's it's like they they can do, so this whole Derek Chauvin thing that's been coming up, the trial with George Floyd, yeah. officer that got uh, convicted on three counts. Yeah. One of the big things that there's a call to reform for was is this law, and I I can't remember what it's called, but basically you can't sue a police officer for things that you would normally be able to sue a, a normal citizen for because they have this law that says that you can't because because they might just be doing something out of duty and they have to do it and they feel like it's justified in the situation so. I understand kind of why the law was made Mm -hmm. because there are situations where it's like, if you've got to restrain somebody and you hurt them because they need to be restrained, then like you're, you're doing it out of, it's your job. Sure. But it's, it's been taken abuse as, as all things get, you know, like after a while people, I think they're, what's happened is that there are some bad cops out there that will, use that power and abuse it and they'll hurt people a little bit to get a point across or because sure, they're fucked sure. up in the head or whatever reason. They take it up a notch beyond what it needs yeah. to be taken up. Um so one of the big movements right now is to is to repeal that law to make it so if an officer um does take it up a notch when it's not necessary, they can be uh accountable in the court of law. Um and I kind of think I think it's a good idea because there's a level of like, I think bad, there are way more fucking good cops than bad cops for sure. Like, but you don't hear about the good cop stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't see those stories. You see the bad cop stories, but there are bad cops and, and the ones that are out there abusing this law, if they can get sued, it's going to make them think twice before they do something. Now, will that have an effect sometimes on good cops? Will they be a little more hesitant sometimes when they shouldn't be? It could. You know, it could make a, it could make a cop think twice about, you know, putting hands on somebody. Like, kind of like we talked before, where it's like, I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm allowed to do here anymore. So it can make some, some hesitancy, I think. But I think it could also create a much more... Uh, um, an environment is much less hostile when it doesn't need to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole police system in our country is, is getting this major spotlight right now. Yep. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, and, and it should be, I think it's a, it's a, it should have a big spotlight on it. Um, but in so many more ways than just the negativity, mm-hmm. you know, it's like fucking cops. I, I wouldn't want to be a cop. No. And, you know, I wonder if that would be the unintended consequence if, if that law is repealed is why is there, I'm assuming, and I don't know what cops get paid, but what's the benefit? They don't get paid dick. What's the benefit? What they do. What's the be- Why would I want to be a cop if you're just going to turn around and sue me if I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why oh, would yeah. I take on the personal liability? I just, I wouldn't. And so I, I wonder if, you know, just the unintended consequence of that is. 
everything has unintended consequences. Yeah. So if the sure. unintended consequence of you can't sue a cop over X, but I'm pretty sure you can sue the city. Is that because I think the city pays out in certain things. It, I, I, it, I don't it, know any of these rules or laws. I'm just guessing at this point. But the unintended consequences, if you can't sue a cop, would be that you're going to have cops who abuse it. The unintended consequence, if you can sue cops, is you're going to probably have a lot less cops. I think that's already happening. Well, even before even before this potential yes, thing goes through, based just on the the current um, atmosphere around policing. Yeah, it's it's like a, why would I wouldn't want to go into the field where I'm essentially demonized, right? And and how many how many good cops are out there doing their best every single day, and think, they and they get the brunt of of I that the bad cop rap yeah, because yeah. Of the few that get publicized. Yeah, uh, you know and. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good cops out there. Absolutely. And I obviously, I mean, just look at what's happened historically. There's obviously not great ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, yeah, I think you keep, you keep fo- uh, legally getting rid of the bad ones. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Well, for a long time, if there was bad ones, they kind of did it. I think I heard stories about where they kind of did what the church did with the pastors that were bad pastors is they just kind of move them. Yeah. I feel they, like there's they for, offer them a job someplace else. Yeah. And again, I don't know any of this stuff. So this is just me speculating, but I feel like you like on a, like maybe 60s, 70s era, it was more like protecting each other. Right. Yeah. It was, it was well, is it, it was a corrupt thing, and it, maybe yeah. that's just the gangster movies that I've watched in the past. I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think, well, first off, I think that being a police officer is, I think, I, I, d- I can't say this is what it is in my mind. This is how I would imagine it, because um, I certainly don't want anybody to think out there, our police officers, to think I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm just imagining here that it's got to be very similar to a brotherhood of of like military. Yeah. You know, so like you never want to see one of your fellow police officers be put in a bad light. Maybe even when they did something wrong, maybe they just say, we'll just rather handle it internally. You know, we'll, we'll handle it. We don't need anybody else to tell us what the fuck to do because we're the ones day in and day out putting our lives at risk, backing each other up. Like only, only we know what this life is like. Mm -hmm. And, and if, and I could see, I mean, I can see that making a sense. They're like a tribe, you know, and it's like, no one's going to come and, and police our tribe because we're the only ones that know what the fuck we got to deal with every day. You like regular citizens don't have a fucking clue what it's like to get in their car, to go to work every day and thinking I might get shot today. I don't know what's going to happen to me today. My wife is at home. She's worried about me all fucking day long, even though she's got to raise kids and or, or go to her own job and do what she's doing. There's just a level of danger and and responsibility that goes with being a cop every yeah. single day. And and uh, I'm sure that raises exponentially when you talk about being an inner city cop. Yeah. You know, or or uh, being a cop, yeah, just in any high crime area, you know, or like say you're a border patrol agent, all these guys and, and, and women in these, in this field, there's just a level of danger that they accept every single day. Yeah. And so it's hard. I would imagine it would be very hard to accept the scrutiny. You have to be a very, very, uh, 
whole person to be scrutinized on a daily basis for the actions of a few. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you're a good cop and, and every single day you get looked at sideways and don't get trusted because there's an asshole cop that's around in the same area that gives you a bad name. You know, it's, it's got to be so fucking hard. Yeah, it's gotta again, be so I, hard. I wouldn't want to do it. I do want to just re-clarify when I was talking about, like, corrupt covering for each other. I, I was referring to, like, 60s, 70s gangs and movies. Not like no, I, yeah, not I, modern day policing. <laughs> well, I, 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 I bet it happens though. I, I wouldn't. I, I, I bet it happens. Yeah. I bet it does. I'm, if, but I don't know any. I don't know enough about it yeah. that I want to think. Right. Guess. I can't. Even, I can't. So. I'm not going to say this officer or this department or whatever is happening. I just think there's. We're humans. We're flawed, and there's some. There's bad cops. There's people that go into being a cop for the wrong fucking reason. Mm-hmm. It just is. And and to deny that, I think, would just be silly. So by by acknowledging that there's a high probability that this that there's cops are out there, and we've seen it on videos and shit in the news all the time lately, that like there's 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 more that we just don't hear about. Yeah. You know, and and in the '60s and '70s and '80s, I think, you know, before like uh, uh, racial discrimination didn't have the spotlight it has on it now. I I can imagine I got and I've like you said I've seen movies, but I've seen documentaries too based on true stories of shit that happened to people in police custody. Like there were people that would get pulled over for a traffic violation, and then they would die of a heart attack in police custody. And then, like, I saw a documentary, so just bear with me mm-hmm. here. And it's like, I don't know what happened to him, you know? And it was like a whole bunch of white cops that everybody knew were racist, and it was a black guy that got pulled over for a traffic violation, and he didn't go home that night, you know? It's like, to that point, I don't know if you've I've heard of this, but, like, they've, and they've got movies and documentaries on it now, too. It's like the conversations that that African-American people have with their kids, the fathers have with their sons, mothers have with their sons and daughters, mostly sons on how to handle themselves in a police situation. If they get pulled over by a cop for, for anything. And it's like, there's this whole routine they have to go through because they said, you are going to get discriminated against. You're going to, somebody's going to find you, uh, offensive because you're black in public and and when that happens you know how you need to know how to handle yourself so you don't end up in a really bad place and that's fucking heartbreaking Mm -hmm. you know to think that that's millions of people have to have this conversation every year with their kids Mm -hmm. and to live through that i can't imagine what that feels like but fuck so there does need to be reform. There does need to be a spotlight because as we talked before, we live in a different world, you know, it's, it's changing every single day and we have to be more aware of this shit, you know, but on top of that, we need to take care of our police officers. We need to take care of our emergency responders. We need to take care of our firefighters, pay them motherfuckers. You know, I, I be personally, I'm not speaking for anybody else. I'd be more than happy to pay a little more taxes so 
police officers, EMTs and shit can make a little more money. Like, yeah, I don't know what a police budget is. I don't know. What, I, I don't know what an annual salary is and I don't know what a police budget is. I think our police departments have a lot of things at their disposal, at least that I've seen. But what do you mean? A lot of things at their disposal. Fucking SWAT vans and. Well, so, but that doesn't mean it's going to salary. No. And I would like, I mean, maybe it, like, what do you mean by police reform? I mean, police reform is in a sense, like, I think that, um, that, uh, there should be a lot of emphasis on, on training yeah. in, in like situations that they could get into. Like that should be a consistent thing that they do all the fucking time. They should always have opportunities to train, you know, and paid to train, mm-hmm. you know, I think that they should get paid really well because obviously money is an incentive. So if they want people that are really smart, intelligent people that are open, that are open to becoming that, as long as they get paid enough to do it, if it makes it worth their while, then pay them because we need more good people out there to do that job. People that, that can, that can think on their feet and handle themselves and, and like, as opposed to going and working behind a desk someplace or at a factory or whatever, pay them, pay them more. Give them better benefits. Give them great health insurance. All that shit. Like, they should have paid life insurance. All of that. And then, also, the training should be involved where it's like, you know, they've talked about, like, um, in specific, like so the, the really high percentage of police calls are mental health calls. Mm-hmm. So, I think a cop, to be a really good cop, should focus on being a really good cop. And they could have a whole... I don't want to say division because it seems like a lot of fucking people, but they could have people that are part of the department that are mental health specialists. Right. That when they get a mental health call, they can call that person in to say, Hey, we need some help with this. You know? So the, so situations don't escalate. And also, I mean, a cop is designed to like enforce the rules. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a fucking gun for a reason. So, so in a mental health situation, a cop can show up first and assist, assess the situation, but then do you really always need to send a guy in with a gun in a situation that's non-threatening? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's just, uh, I think in that case, it's a matter of how quick things escalate. Sure. Right. Absolutely. If, if you're responding to a call and you pull up and you're getting ready to assess and out walks a guy who is suicidal and goes suicide by cop. Right. Like you don't have a time to call a mental health professional on that unless they're already with you. Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely you have to not. React. When 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 the opportunity allows, yeah. I think yeah, it yeah. should be an I option. think training is the big thing. I think training and transparency. I don't know what I'm gonna assume. This is an assumption. And maybe you're taking the other assumption, but I feel like if you're a cop, you probably got a pretty good pension. You probably got pretty good insurance. You're working through the city. Maybe, okay, maybe it's a poor assumption, so, but I don't know. Should a cop make more than a snowplow driver? Yeah. Okay. Do they? I don't know. So if there are both city employees, you know, it's like that. Benefit that, package maybe is the same. That, that's, and that's my wonder. It's like the snowplow drivers or, or like guys that mow the grass for the city or, or yeah, yeah. you know, those guys, they're not... They're what's not, what the, the what's expecting them of them during oh, the day? No, no, you. I, I agree a hundred percent. I I don't know the numbers, and this is well. Again, I know the snowplow. The city, the city snowplow drivers make good fucking money. Yeah, you know. So, like, so 
they I'm just saying a cop should should make a lot of fucking money. Yeah. You know, it's I think all of our community civil services, I don't know what the fucking word is, cops, um, EMTs, firefighters, teachers, like they're all underpaid. Yeah. In my opinion. Like they're they're like the fucking glue th- that keeps our communities running. But they're like they're just like see they're like a gear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, throw a little bit of lube on the gear and it's fine. It'll squeak a little bit, but it's still going to keep doing what it does because it always has, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's like there should be more emphasis on on taking care of those people that take care of our kids, that keep that keep them mentally sharp, that keep them safe in school. They're, they're highly trained individuals, police officers that keep us safe at, in our homes and on our streets, firefighters that are here, there to help us keep our house from burning down, EMTs, like – our EMTs, there. I live right across the street from our EMT station. That fucking van goes out so many times a day, and those guys don't make shit. No, dude. Okay, I was talking to an EMT a while ago because I see this guy a lot. He always walking across the parking lot across from my house, and I was at the gym talking to him, and we were talking about you know just EMT shit and. And first off, their facilities, they're working on their facilities now. They're moving some stuff around to make it more comfortable for everybody. But their facilities, their fucking bedrooms they sleep in because it's a 24-hour shift. Fucking when it rains, water comes through the fucking ceiling. Mm. So, A, the facilities were kind of shit for a while. I think they're fixing that now. B, the guy I talked to, he has eight years of EMT work under his belt. Younger guy, but he's got eight years of EMT work under his belt. All the certifications, he can save a fucking life and does. What would you say he would be? What would an hourly wage? Fair hourly wage. You guys got eight years of experience driving in and out of their 24 hour shifts, fucking driving to people's homes, giving uh, heart attacks, strokes, mm-hmm. ODs. His, people's lives are in his hands every single day. What do you think he makes an hour? What I think he makes or what I think he should make? Uh, uh, start with what he should make and then tell me what you think he makes. Mm, 25, 30. Okay. I bet this is community specific. I don't know. Maybe he makes 18, 20. He should make 25 or 30. Yeah. $14 an hour. Whew. Can you fucking imagine what motivates a guy to do that kind of crazy fucking work? Extrapolate that out to a year. He's making 30 grand a year. Just under. Yeah. And then he said he gets some overtime. Yeah. It's like, that's why I rounded up to 30. <laughs> but you but you still got to work the hours. Right. You know? That's one of the most stressful jobs that fucking exists day in and day out. For $14 an hour. Hmm. Now, I don't know what it's like in other communities, but I'm going to take a fucking wild guess that is probably similar. Because there's like a, there's a thing with EMTs, and this is, he explained this to me. He said there's a thing with EMTs where like cities don't want to give them too much because like there's something about like, uh, so there's a nurses union and the nurses union fights against the EMTs from getting too much 
um, benefits and pay and stuff because the nurses still want to be more valuable than the EMTs. So like the EMTs are just the transport basically. And the nurses are what do the real shit, but it's when you show up to a car accident, it's the EMT, it's the EMT. It's not a fucking nurse. Right. And so it's like, like, I feel like the nurse is going to get you when you've had CPR performed and you already have your heartbeat back or something. You know right. I mean? Yeah. That nurses don't get critical condition. Well, people absolutely. For sure. But, but it's like an EMT should make at least as much as a nurse. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, that's, that's surprisingly. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, I was, I was floored. I was fucking floored when I found out he makes yeah, and $14. You, an then hour. you look and a plow driver's making 20 or more. Yeah. If they've been in with the city for eight years. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So it's, I think it's a, a fucking travesty that we don't as, a, as communities, take care of those specific sectors of, of, of people that keep us fucking safe every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the whole, like, and I'm just going to, I'm going to blanket statement this for cops or EMTs. When people make the argument, well, they know what they're go- getting into or they, they knew the risks involved before they took the job. Yeah, maybe, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't be paid for it. And I would rather have, like it takes a certain person to go in, let's say police work, knowing the risks. And I'd rather have that person in my community than none of them. Fuck yeah. Right? Like, can you imagine what what was the uh the Seattle area that wouldn't let Chaz? Chaz. Like you know how many murders and deaths happened? They wouldn't even let EMTs in, I don't think, or the no. EMTs were scared to go in. Yeah. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, they, there was lawlessness. Yeah, they they held their own fucking courts and trials where they killed people. Yeah, fucking killed people. So, so yeah, the whole defund the police movement. So, the, there are people out there that believe defund the police is reform. They, I, I think See, that's how it where, started. Yeah, but then it gets co opted, and then people who are un unaware and and and, and really want to be part of a movement. They're so far ingrained in like, I got to be part of this, some, this movement. So they really want to defund the police and, 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 and take away all expenses for police. It's like, okay, so what, when you take away the cops, the bad guys are going to go away too? Wrong. Right. What the fuck? And I, I, I think it was a news anchor, and I don't remember the channel. He, the argument for getting rid of the police was they only solve 40% of murders and 50% of these okay, so you'd rather take that to 0%? Like, what What kind of fucking argument is that? Right, yeah. And so, yeah. My, and my and pr- not everybody can afford their own personal security detail. No shit. You know, come on. And uh, I just, I hate how messages start as one thing and then other people morph it and then there's no, they use the same message, but they mean two different things. They co-opt it, yeah. So if if you say, like, defund the police, like, if I say I'm not for defund the police, does that mean... Like, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm I'm against abolishing right. police? Or does that mean I'm against allocating money to bring in mental health professionals and or reallocate SWAT funding to, to training? Because one of those I'm for and one of those mm-hmm. I'm against. Well, and part of it is, is like, are you part of the team or not? Yeah. You know, are you part of the, are you part of the good guys or the bad guys, Kyle? Well, That's, this is, this is what we talked about last week, two sides of the aisle. And if you're not on that side in that specific stance, you are the bad guy. Yep. Yeah. And, and then when you walk around town, 
And there, are, I, there are a lot of people that want to align with the good guys, even if they don't think exactly like the good, the, the good guys, whatever side that is, even if they don't think that way and they find out Kyle, he's one of those guys that doesn't align with us. It's like, you get ostracized. Yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're not in anymore. Less people talk to you, and then you get a little bit of a stigma, and then then people talk about you instead of to you, and and that's this like goes to the cancel culture shit. But it's to your point, it's exactly right that yeah. First off, semantics fucking matter. Defund the police was a really fucking bad slogan from yeah, the get go. Yeah. Seriously, people, you could have come up with something better than that, like. Come on. Reallocate police funding. Right. Just or, or just even even just like reform. Reform is like is like, okay, we're gonna take a see, look at shit. You know, and see. I feel like that's gone two sided too. Even reform? I feel like if you say reform now, again, are you meaning training and mental health or are you meaning wait, wait, abolish the, the police? Everyone if mixes defund the these police messages. never existed. Let's say the the phrase defund the police never existed. And they started with reform the police. I feel like on a national level that means different things. I've heard it I've heard police reform numerous times See, and I have no idea what the fuck that means. Does that mean give them mental health professionals at their access, make them transparent and give them more training or does that mean abolish the police? Okay. I have no I'm gonna fucking push clue. I'm back on that. You you can't hear the word reform and think abolish. I think on a on a national scale, yeah. Okay. Okay. I I don't know what they mean on a national level. I I understand not knowing what it means. 100%. I guess just for me, what if I hear the word reform, I think reform, like uh like like work on it, you know, pick it apart, figure out what's working and what isn't. That, what it, so that's like, what I initially think as well, but I'm my point being that on a national scale, people have taken that message and made it mean other things. And right, so, so now, as a precedent, it's happened. So then you're biased because you don't know what it means because there's been a precedent set before that is well, what you're saying. Yeah, but specifically with uh, defund and now reform. Right, like if. If I if I've never heard on a national level a politician say reform the police and in a separate speech or separate presser that message is we don't need police or we should get rid of all police like that makes those two things equal to me absolutely absolutely so yeah. if I've never heard if I didn't hear that then yeah my mindset on reform would be your mindset mm-hmm. but I've heard it and that's the problem right and that's yeah and that's exactly what I'm saying there's been a precedent set. Where people are like, no, we need to defund them. We need to we need to abolish police. Yeah, and it's like, just the level of ignorance in that is like, okay, so here's the problem too: is that the backstory of police, they've got a bad bad rap from the beginning because of why they were created. They were they were slave catchers. See, I don't. That's what is I is that historically accurate? That's my question. Okay, because I'm pretty sure they they were created in England for other reasons. Well. Fair enough. I, I, I don't know for a fact that that's the backstory. That's what I've heard. Okay. Is that in the in the United States, in the in where we live, that's what the original police were for mm-hmm. was to help uh catch slaves and 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 the like. But um to your point, I don't know that for a fact for sure. And I and I will never claim that 
I know what I'm talking about all the time. There's a few things I know about, but a lot of times I'm just fucking, you know, just talking and trying to work it out in conversation, what it may or may not be. Um, but, uh, uh, that gets thrown around a lot. I guess is all I'm saying is like, and, and unfortunately in, in this situation that history doesn't get, doesn't stay history in a sense that, um, people are like, well, you know what it was about before. So then we need to get rid of it because that's where it started. And it's yeah, like, that implies ju- there's been no growth. Right. Just because it's where something started doesn't mean it's where it is now. Mm-hmm. You know? So you you gotta you gotta allow for growth, like you just said. You have to. Because people grow and we change and and the, as we started this whole conversation out talking about how we how we talk to people, how we talk to young people now. Everything changes and it's always morphing a little bit. And you, and if you, you have to uh, allow some room everywhere for people to grow and for systems to change and morph and slowly get better. I mean, that's what we've always done. Yeah. Everything just gets a, like a little bit better, a little I bit of time. I feel like it. That's what it should be. I feel like there's, there's an easy out in any argument to look at a historical thing and ignore any progress. Right. And there's an easy out to... Look at something that's maybe not great and imply or compare it to something that's far worse. For instance, um, well, the, no, not Alabama. What's the voter law that everyone threw a fit about? Uh, Florida. No. Oh, Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone said it's, uh, you know, Jim Crow. Was it Jim Jim Crow Crow. Yeah, they said it harkens back to the Jim Crow era. Like the equation, I feel like maybe it's escalated. Or when you look and someone compares something to um, Nazi Germany, like really, are we rounding up everyone in a certain place and yeah, putting them in camps and executing them in gas chambers? Is is are we going to equate that? Is it really that bad? I think it's there's this weird fucking mentality when it comes to that situations like that where someone will they'll take it to the extreme because they know someone else is going to take it to the other extreme. And so they're going to fight over the extremes to kind of get to a middle. Yeah. In, in, in politics. Yeah. And, and so, like, when you talk about not, I think you use semantics, but, like, the double meaning of words. Yeah. Same thing with arguments. Like, why can't an argument just be a standalone argument? What do you mean? Like, in the Georgia law thing, like, if it's, if if someone would argue that it has it's nowhere near Jim Crow and someone's going to say it's liberating to everybody like why can't you just say what the fuck it is oh right just like, say it's not fair right just say the- if you if you don't think it's fair just say it's not fair like you're doing this you're you're cutting off these dates when you when you've historically had them because it's very like grandstanding it's like it's like a, it's like they gotta they gotta make a big speech and a big point because then they get the press and they get the news and they get all the you know it, it's it's like a, a theatrics you know it's like the it's like we live in a theater basically Look at all of our social media and everything else. It's all a big fucking theater, and our politicians are the stars in that situation where it's like they're going to make it as big and theatrical as they possibly can because they, they want to, like, hey, it probably feels pretty fucking good to be, like, the center of attention and everybody's listening to you. Not unlike us <laughs> <laughs> right now. But it's it's all – I think it's all like a big theater. And so if they just got down to the nuts and bolts, it would be very boring. Yeah, but it would be honest. 
Fucking Ouch. A, it would be amazing. <laughs> it'd be amazingly honest. Don't hurt yourself over there. It, that's what we need. But un- unfortunately, like as it, we've talked about before, politicians aren't about no. honesty. I know. Look at these fucking bills that are trying to pass with all the bullshit underlying lines of of wording the need that like if we'll give you this if you give us this and it's just like none of it's really addressing the problem if these if these uh uh financial incentive bills and the, and the, what's it, the stimulus packages and if they only addressed the very specific thing they're trying to address and i i understand it's super fucking complicated because it's like you're over there your hand got a little fucking excited it's super complicated because, like, say you want to address poverty. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so many layers of poverty. So then it's like, okay, so you're going to address the homelessness, and then you're going to address the mental health, and you're going to address nutrition, and you're going to address joblessness. And so I think it gets really fucking deep really fast. But if it was possible to go with this one argument and say, okay, we have an issue with homelessness, can we just say, we're going to do this one thing and see how it works. We don't need to throw $20 billion at it. We can throw $10 million at it and see if it helps on this one thing, a standalone argument. Mm-hmm. But so I think, so I, I, I think I'm right about this, but politicians don't have to work a lot. When they work, they work. I feel like they don't either. And in fact, I feel like bills have gotten so massive and outside of the scope of what the bill was intended that they don't even read it. Well, somebody reads it for them and get and tells them they should rubber stamp it. Right. But they have no idea what's even in it half well, the time. Or they know a section that they had input. I think there should be a movement to uh single focus bills. That would I'm be ti- amazing. I'm tired of this. Yeah. What is it do you think it's possible that the reason they put so much shit into each bill is so they only have to go in for a certain amount of time Maybe. and they can go back to their house in well, Cape Cod? They have to do less work cuz yeah. it's all packed into one. I think I think it's a way I think it's morphed into a way to get what they want. Like if I sneak this in the bill. Oh, because they got um, the lobbyists and shit. Yep. They get the lobbyists in that way. If, and then when a Senator on either side votes against it, Oh, you fucking, you're not for ending uh, homelessness. Right. Yeah. You're a bastard. No, I'm for it. But then you included, you know, 500 billion on college bailouts plus this and this and this. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not for that. Take that out and we can have a talk. Right, but and that's the thing is like, if and you, then you get more. I, I don't know if grandstanding, but then yeah, you just gotta call each other out and call each other pieces of shit because you didn't agree for a main cause that we could all agree on, but you well, had so much other shit. To and it. next election cycle, Joe Jeffries didn't vote yep. for for saving our children in poverty. Yep, he's against children. He yeah. wants to kill your children or starve them because he wasn't for this. And Joe yep. Jeffries like, um, actually, I just didn't like this. 18 other parts but he, of it. he'll never get that out no and or people i mean it's the headline yeah he'll never get it out because because the rebuttal is never the headline it's always the it's always the first word that's why fucking news cycles are so fucking yeah, splashy think, headlines because it's always the first word i think that's what we we talked about this once i think where i was like even when they misprint something in a news article and then they have to like um do uh what's it when they have to recant 
recant it. Yeah, when they recant it, mm-hmm. no one fucking cares about the recant. They no. got the message is already out wait, there. So wait, I'm gonna say there's ten percent of people that care. Oh, okay, because com- like they're the so people in a hundred that- million people who saw it, <laughs> right? Ten million people. Yeah, ten million people care, but about ninety the million people still yeah. think it's facts. Well, because there's always that somebody's like, "You're wrong. I caught you, and you you got to fix this because you know." I feel like the people who who read the recant are on the side that knew it was wrong. Well, sure. But then the people who were already reading it or maybe didn't know anything for the better. Or like, don't give a fuck that or, somebody made a mistake. You know what I mean? It's just, that's what they yeah. saw. Okay. I could see if it's like, if they're like so-and-so, um, my watch just told me it's time yeah, to you stretch. Got a, you got a fancy watch on I now. I do today. have a fancy watch on today. So um, it's called, I got the security system Wise Cams, okay. W-Y-Z-E. And uh, like a year ago, they they sent me an email. It's like you have been selected to try to be a test model for our brand new Wise smartwatch. Oh. It was like a year ago, right? You can pre-order it now, and when they go into production, we'll send you some. So I I bought two, one for Stephanie and I, and it was like I fucking totally forgot about it. It was a year ago. I spent my I don't know. They were like forty bucks a piece. They weren't really expensive. So I I, I just blanked it. It's gone. Yeah. And then this week, this package showed up. And it was sitting on top of our, our printer in our house, and I thought it was Stephanie, so I didn't look at it. And then, like, Wednesday rolled around, and I'm like, it says my name on it. Well, that's fucking weird. So I open it up, and these two sweet smartwatches yeah, roll out of there. So um, I kind of like it. Yeah. Like, I've heard people complain because it buzzes their wrist a lot and stuff that's annoying, but I I kind of like it. I like that it does a, it's got a heart rate, my O2, blood O2 sensor. It's got, like, steps and shit like that um but like my all my phone calls my emails my facebook messages anything i want can come through there and it's just it's like a scroll and you can just read it the whole message it's not even abbreviated you can read it on the screen um so it's like i noticed i look at my phone way less yeah and i really like that yeah i like not having to carry my phone and my like or like when i'm at work my phone is in a zipper pocket because it gets less dusty and shit and every time I get a phone call, I got to stop everything I'm doing. I got to unzip my pocket, put all my tools down, unzip my pocket, pull my phone out, decide, oh, that's another fucking spam call from wherever, mm-hmm. and put it back in my pocket. That yeah. sucks. If I can just look at my watch and it says potential spam, fuck it. I'll just hit dismiss on my watch. It goes away, and I know I can keep yeah. doing what I'm doing. I love it. I'm, so far, I'm just really I, happy uh, with it. I rock an Apple watch. I know. I've been kind of jelly for a while. So. Did I ever tell you the story? So did I tell you the story on this? No. Okay. I used to always be against Apple watches. I was like, fuck it. I don't want it. I don't need it. Not mm-hmm. my thing. But I wanted a nice watch. So like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I got my dad a fucking slick watch. It was super thin, black faced, silver Roman numerals, super simple, really nice leather band. And I, I always wanted a watch like that, which is why mm-hmm. I got him yeah. got him that watch because I thought it was my thing. That's what we do. So a couple of years ago, Sam... For Christmas, tries to get. I'm like, I kind of want to watch. Like, I want to start wearing a watch. Mm-hmm. So she tries to get me this watch. It's just, I don't know. We opened it on Christmas. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> she looked at. It and she goes, what yeah. a dick. I wasn't that mean. But she, <laughs> she, she looked at it too. And she goes, oh, that's not what I thought. It was cheap. It was not. Oh, she ordered online. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm like, yeah, okay. She goes, well, are you gonna wear it? I'm like, honestly, no. She goes, okay, I'm gonna take it back. I'm like, All right, fine. So next year, gets me a watch. 
oh, thanks, honey. Yeah. She goes, you don't like it, do you? I'm like, not really. Not really. <laughs> Takes it back. A watch next is year. a personal thing, it though, bro. It's really personal. When you go so to the buy a year, watch, it's hard to buy a watch for someone as a gift. So the next year, um, okay, what kind of watch do you want? I'm like, all right, you ready for this? I'm like, a black or a blue face. I'm like, either dashes or Roman numerals. Mm-hmm. Like, super simple, really thin. I don't want a big, thick, like, height-wise yeah. watch. I said, and a leather band, black, maybe brown leather would be nice. Mm-hmm. I said, simple, that's it. She goes, okay. And uh, so we're looking at watches and she goes, okay. My coworker, her coworker likes watches. He's he's into like that kind of stuff. She goes, we found one, I think, like it. So it comes around Christmas. Three Christmases in a row, bro, you got watches. <laughs> Open it up. She goes, do you like it? I'm like, uh-huh. She goes, you don't like it. I'm like, honey. <laughs> She got me, she was right, it was thin. Yeah. Roman numerals, but white-faced. Okay. And the the edge was gold. Oh. And I'm like, I could do the white face, but with like a, a white gold or a silver. And it had- Gold, she, gold. And, and I'm like, this looks like a grandpa watch. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, she goes, you don't like it. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to do this to you, but no, I don't like it. Yeah, it's- And I felt so bad. You know what? At least you guys can be honest with each other. Yeah, and so then this Christmas, so we're f- like four Christmases into this, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, you're going to hate me, but I want an Apple Watch. And she goes, I thought you hated Apple Watches. I'm like, I thought I did too. She goes, well, that's like way above- what oh we were yeah, watches. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know. So here's my proposal because we're four Christmases into this. Yep. You, we as a couple front half of it as a Christmas gift, and I will personally pay, like, because I have cash on my dresser for mm-hmm. like birthdays and stuff. I'll I'll pay for the other half. Yeah, your birthday money. Yeah. So I half bought myself an Apple Watch, and I just bought it myself. But I love it. I absolutely love it. And I didn't think I would, but I do. Yeah, I didn't think I was gonna like this either, but I I'm good. Um, one of the things that worried me about mine is that I used to have a Fitbit. Do you ever do a Fitbit? No, never did a Fitbit. So when I had a Fitbit, they had this thing like the sensor on the back would kind of, it would burn some people's skin. Ooh. Yeah. It would like give you a red spot and it, and it, it didn't burn my skin, but it, I could, I could feel it. Okay. The, and, and like it, the light was just Yeah. Hot. The diode was just, yeah. it was just weird. Yeah. And th- this has got those same diodes, but they must be different. Maybe they're LED different ones now than they used to be. Better technology. But I was that was leery when I first put it on. It's like in my mind, I created a sensation of discomfort where the lights are. Mm. Like I, I I manufactured it out of thin air. What like when I first put it on, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like that. But then it's like, wait a minute. Do I really feel anything or am I making this shit up? I'm like, I'll give it a day. And at the end of the first day, it's like, fuck yeah, I like it. So I like that look of that classic diver's watch. Yeah. Um, The stainless with the blue face. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like that look. And and so um, I bought my first really nice watch was one of those kind of diver's watches. It was like 350, 400 bucks. Um, and I just, I loved it. I really did. I liked the weight of it. I liked the feel of the, the heaviness a little okay. bit. It had, a, I went to a, a jeweler, so it fit just right. Sure. You know, it's huge with watches and making it because with a metal one with a clasp. Yeah. It has, to, you have to take clasps out yeah, to make it. You have yeah. to do it to make it fit. Right. Yep. And they got different size links. And so if you, I, I knew I was told 
by a guy, if I'm going to buy a nice watch, go to a jeweler, have them fit it for you because it makes because no one wants that floppy ass watch. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a cool watch, it sucks. It's banging around and it moves. So it was great. I really loved it. And then um, the mistake I made was um, when I started landscaping, I kept it on. Oh, yep. And I scratched the fuck out of the glass. What's it called? The bezel? Is that what it is? What's the the front, the glass part? I don't know. There's a name for it. I, think I thought the bezel was the the edge, but maybe. Okay, that, yeah. Whatever the glass is, I scratched the shit out of it, and it got to the point where it's like. I think it's just the face, isn't it? Oh, there's a word for it. Uh, there's a word for it. Um, so, well, hang on a second. Hey, Siri, what's the name for a watch face? A watch face? His name is a watch face. Let's see what Siri, Siri didn't even answer me. What the hell? She just gave me a thesaurus. Oh. Because <laughs> it's the watch face? <laughs> it says clock face, clock face, d- clock dial, and face. You're right. I thought there was a fancy but name for it. Either like way. Like the glass covering might have a different name for it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I feel like the face is like the th- part underneath. Right. So what's the glass? It's yeah, the, it's the glass. Whatever. The, I fucked the glass up on my watch. And so then it's like, okay, so what's the cost to fix the glass? And it's like, it's a couple hundred bucks. Jeez, it's like, yeah. okay. So then that watch got retired. Um, and I had a couple other watches that were a little bit cheaper. And it was like... Then I didn't wear them at work, and I work four or five days a week, mm-hmm. so I'm never wearing a fucking thing. So it's like, okay, so you wear it like on date night, you wear it when you go on vacation or whatever. After a while, I just forgot it was even in my drawer. Yeah, you know, then the battery dies. Yeah, and then I mean, at some point, you just go back to your cell phone habits of that's what you use to yeah, check time. Exactly. Like what that. time is it? Check your phone. Yeah. Speaking of time, it's ten forty six. Yeah, man, we can wrap this up. So we three hours. That means. With this podcast, Ike, Ooh, uh, we have forty hours, yeah, buddy, of recorded conversation we'll, we'll have posted. I told my mom that on the phone last night. I said Kyle told me we had like thirty-eight hours or thirty-seven hours. She's like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, right. Holy <laughs> shit is right. <laughs> Woohoo! So, uh, thank you to all of our wonderful listeners. Yeah, hey, before we wrap up, and I know you're going to wrap up, but no, I'm, I'm just saying thank you for the what yeah, your point oh, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. No, but um. Before we thank the listeners, I just oh. want to emphasize we hit some like semi political stuff. And I don't, I just want to preface like, I don't think we know the details that would be beneficial to make real educated comments. Uh, so they're just, you know, there are thoughts without knowing the facts. And don't listen to us. They're just thoughts without <laughs> yeah. knowing facts. So, As, yeah. We're making assumptions, obviously, here. You, so. Like, if. I heard it on a podcast. It's probably one of those phrases that everybody hears, <laughs> and, and they're just like, "Fuck, here we go." Yeah. So, just just so you know, we we don't know shit, really. Like we have ideas, like, really? yeah. but yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so thank you. In case anyone, just in case anyone's like, "Oh my god, they're so fucking wrong about this," well, let us know and educate because that's what we're here. Yeah. For. Oh yeah. If we're wrong, fucking tell us. We'd be. I'm excited. Someone to tell me I'm wrong. Do it. Oh, I got one uh, hand raise from last week. No, you did not. I did. Damn. Someone, someone said anonymous. Me. No, no. Oh, you it was a bill. No, it was my brother. Oh, it was your brother. Hey, somebody sent it. I thought it was maybe the same anonymous creeper guy who, or lady who was listening to yeah, us. I want to know who sent in that survey result. Yeah, it was a one word answer. <laughs> <laughs> who who took the time to write no? That's what I want to know. You didn't have to yeah. type it. You just had to check the box. Oh, no. who took the time? To scroll past, read more, and check the box. Yeah, That's thanks. We appreciate you. No, yeah. but so. Thank you. To, hey, uh, 40 hours, and I think you all have been listening. So 
that's a big chunk of your life listening to us. Hell yeah. I appreciate that very much. I appreciate you and feel sorry for you at the same time. Well. <laughs> no, it's all good. Keep listening. Yep, yep, yep. We'll keep talking about more fun shit. Yeah, this one got, we were all over today. It's awesome. This is what we do. So That's what you, we do. I mean, you want some creative input? What's the name going to be? Oh, shit. Because usually this is just me at my house. Like, hmm, well, what should we call this? Last week it was it was, uh, it what was if? a sign. It was what if. It yeah. just kind of cruised up to us. Um, uh I don't know, classroom boners. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking classroom erections. Oh, awesome. Perfect, man. See? We're on the same page. So no one's gonna listen. They're like, oh my god, I'm not listening to that stupid shit. That's hilarious. Oh man, we've been spending too much time together. Yeah, We're thinking a lot alike. I think I need I think I need to see other people. <laughs> don't break up with me on podcasts. Oh shit. All right, All right. brother. Well, Let's wrap this shit. Yeah, you bet, man. Have a great week. All right. And uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Much love. And uh, yeah. Love you. Love you all. Bye bye. Bye.